people. The power is with you. It is with us. Zach Sang Show. Oh, yeah. Hello, beautiful human. Another Monday in the books. The Zach Sang Show is coming to you live right now uh, across many platforms. But uh, you could be watching on Amazon Music's Twitch channel. Oh, Woo-hoo. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're also on the TikTok, YouTube, <laughs> wherever you get your podcasts, and many other places. Mm-hmm. We have a really good hang coming your way. Uh, hi to Sam. Hi to Jordan. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> hi to Cameron. Hello. Oh, hi to Zach. Hi, uh, Dan. Hey, man. Uh, and a big hello to little Dickie. He's going to be in the studio hanging out with all of us very soon. All right. Yay. Hi, you, Dave. Yeah, Dave going to be in the studio. Uh, he has a brand new album, but it's not really brand new. The songs from the show, all from Dave's mind. It's called The Penis. Mm-hmm. Well, just Penith, but yeah, we can call it the Penith if we want. Yeah, Penith. He's going to be in the studio to talk all about it. The Penith. Yeah. No, it's called yeah. the Penith. <laughs> I'm in a very weird place. I've been very stressed, and it's coming out in my food habits recently. Uh, what do you mean? I, I've been snacking a lot. You sound like a snack's still caught in your throat or something. Today. Yeah, I got a little thing in my throat. Any hoozy. I've been snacking <laughs> a lot, obsessively. <laughs> And in addition to that, I've been eating, like, the worst possible combination of snacks. Like? Flamin' Hot Cheetos and Sour Patch Kids. What's wrong with that? Dude. Doctor you, recommended. Are you kidding? I'm, like, looking to burn, like, to, to, to burn a hole in my stomach. That's like something. a dream. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a combo that sends you to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. I'm really nervous about it, but here I am, snacking away, stress snacking. That's what I call it. When I was in college, I, I had one of those two-pound bags of Sour Patch Kids Oof. in, like, a day. Oh. And I, my stomach was wrecked for, like, a week, but my tongue... Yeah. Was just yes. gone for like three weeks. You're going to shave your tongue. You're going to shave the inside of your cheeks. But then on top of that, it will do something to the lining of your stomach. Yep. It will erode it. Takes one who's been there to tell you. I hear you. Who was that? Like that young rapper that got hospitalized? Uh, Lil Xan. Oh, oh yeah. You remember Lil Xan had to go in the emergency room? and like Because he ate so many Sour Patch Kids or Flaming Hot Cheetos or yeah. one of the two. Where he, like, got so sick and had to go to the hospital. That rules. There are food that's so good, but hurts so bad. Like, I love Flamin' Hot Hot Cheetos. Like, I love them. And a part of me, I think, likes that they hurt me. (laughs) That's sadistic. But but then again, like, I would love to consume them without the negative effects, but would that really be the experience of consuming a flame and hot cheetah. Well, you think that any hot sauce really is that experience. Like it's, I don't know. it's like, oh, what fun! But no, but do you really like what's happening in your mouth? I can do hot sauce, and I love flame and hot cheetahs. But it's the addictive nature of them that really destroys me. And I don't know what's going on, like deeply inside the Cheeto. Yeah, but it's not good. Well, first, <laughs> like, like, like if you eat an American Cheeto compared to any other country's Cheeto. One Cheeto's real and the other is just completely a total <laughs> fabricated processed bull squash. I mean, like, aren't they all? You're trying well, to say I don't know, man. The Cheetos in Japan, they fresh. Yeah, you're but trying to say Cheetos in Japan are like better and healthier. Right. They yes. don't pick off the Cheetos off of trees in Japan. <laughs> no, They're still so made out of nothing. No, no, they have standards in Japan and other nations. True. That we just don't have here. So, yeah, I've been watching uh, a show that's out of the UK, so I have to do like this VPN to watch it. Oh, but the you. cool part is I see all the UK commercials. Oh, and the McDonald's commercials. I'm like, damn! No, nah, the McPlant. It's like gourmet food that they're mm-hmm. advertising. They have uh, the halloumi sticks, really good over there. That UK McDonald's has. They also have the McPlant. What did I order from McDonald's in the UK? And you thought it was funny? Uh, I don't remember. Oh, they also have um, the vegetarian snack 
uh, wraps. Oh, yeah. I got one of them. Ooh. They were good. Very good. It's they have good. these like nuggets, but inside, like it's fried like a, a strip, mm. but inside it's like corn. Mm. That sounds good. Oh, it's good. It's delicious. <laughs> I should do an exclusive series of just like McDonald's from around the world. Yeah, yeah nobody's flying over here. Also, nobody's done that before. <laughs> no, I think it's no. totally original. <laughs> <laughs> There's some guy on YouTube that I watch. He goes to all the different like McDonald's, Burger King, KFC all over the world, and he just tries them all. It's very oh, fascinating. That's a dream. I ate Raising Cane's yesterday for the first time ever. Really? Yeah, because I haven't eaten chicken or meat in a very long time in a real way. It kind of seems like you started it when you went to Australia, and now you have nonstop been eating it. Well, here's the deal, Cameron. I can't nonstop eat chicken in this country because I get sick. And last night was a part of that. I'm so sorry, Raising Cane's, but whatever was going on there for me personally was amazing in the moment. Amazing. Mm -hmm. One of the best, if not the best, chicken strip I've ever had. I want to go on record and say that McDonald's used to have chicken strips. Oh, yeah, back, they like, got rid of them. Back, back like 12 years ago, they were in the yellow gold boxes. Yep. Really phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Very good. Should come back. Anyway, the Raising Cane Strips, good on contact. Initial impact, amazing. Once they settled in, <laughs> I barely slept a lick last night, guys. I was wobbling to and from the bathroom. I'm it sorry. It was crazy. I'm so sorry. It was nuts. Did you have nightmares? It was like food the, nightmares? Oh, dude, it was like the dog was back there himself making it. it it's like what? they did, it was bad. It's like, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. By the way, they were called, the, chi called Chicken Selects from McDonald's. Chicken Selects. I just wanted to add that in there. Yeah, they deserve that because you're right. They are select. <laughs> they were so good. <laughs> uh, have but, you ever had Raising Cane's, Dan? No, you no I haven't yes. had it, but I saw there was a new one going up not too far from where I am. But um, was it the <laughs> I don't want to give that neighborhood away. You kidding me? The paparazzi would be everywhere. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> but was it the chicken from Raising Cane's or is it just like chicken in general that you well, think sent you to the toilet? No, dude. I think it's just chicken in general in this nation that sent me to the toilet. In this nation. <laughs> but I go to Australia. Mm, go back to where you came from, man. It's a whole other world, dude. I go to Australia and it's like the chicken's meant for me. Isn't that funny when he says, like, instead of this country, when you say this nation, it has like a heavier impact. It always yeah. does. <laughs> the chicken in this nation. Really deserves an upgrade, and yeah. I think the people deserve better. Well, okay, that's run on that on your platform. I'll add that whenever you run up for office to the list of things that we got to tackle. And I do think higher food standards would go a long way. And I think yeah. pushing people to a higher standard as it relates to like every pro every part of the process of food, right? And think about chicken, like from the second that chicken is born and raised and gets to you, everything needs to be elevated. Because at the mm -hmm. end of the day, we're eating it and we matter. So you went to Australia when you brought uh, some stuff back for us. You gave me some Tim Tams. So good, Cam. You're welcome. You started a terrible habit. They're really good, aren't <laughs> I they? I am now so obsessed with them. Oh, you, you really? slam them? I see them at stores. I get them. Yeah, but I'm not proud of it. They're not the same. I'm not. Pr they're they're not quite the same. They're still good. I'm not proud of it. But I think a couple of days ago, I got the dark mint Tim Tams. Mm. Mm. I ate one. I was like, that's pretty good. Ate two. That was really good. Do God. I want a third? I ate the whole package wow. in one sitting. I, I couldn't help it. They're I, so good. I'm here to let you know that they got two people coming over from Australia next week. Yeah. And they're mm. coming with two suitcases filled with Tim Tams. <laughs> and I don't want to say it too loud because I've been watching on my TikTok all the border agents. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine you get a open suitcases? I swear on Christ, if you go after my Tim Tams, 
I'm coming after your family. <laughs> Allow more Tim Tams in this nation. <laughs> <laughs> no, because the, the God's truth is like they do sell a version of Tim Tams. If you don't know them, which you may yeah. not, it's an Australian cookie, right? It's like cookie, cream, cookie, dipped in chocolate. Yeah. They have a bunch of different flavors. You could do a famous thing called a Tim Tam Slam where you bite the both corners of the Tim Tam and you suck milk through it. So that, uh, see, I didn't do that. Oh, dude, it's gonna change your life. Yeah, because I'm not a child. Wait, I don't no, need to no, have no, milk. You, you, it, when you, first of all, first of all, you the best cookies in the world uh-huh. are paired with milk. No, the Oreos. Wrong. Yeah, no, that's wrong. If you need milk, you're bad. a horrible person. No, it's also a bad cookie. No, yes, that's crazy. That's agreed. crazy. I think there's two different types of cookies in this world. All right, tell us in about this them. nation. <laughs> <laughs> We're on a global scale now, dude. We're talking Tim Tams. We're talking Biscoff. We're on an international so, level. So what were you saying? There's, no, there's two types. There's fresh-baked cookies, right, that are made to be consumed based on its ingredients, its quality, its craftsmanship. Uh, cookies that fall into that, that, that category. Anything you yeah. get from a bakery, right? You get something from, um, I don't know, a milk or a magnolia or a levain or a crumble. A bakery. Fresh baked. Okay. And then there are store purchase cookies. Store purchase cookies are in a whole other category. You can go as high caliber as Tate cookies. They're fine. Whatever. But then you have the staple American cookies that are just meant to be consumed with milk. Like? Oreos. I are think, you kidding? Oreos are better with milk. I, think, I can even make the okay. case that Chips Ahoy are better with milk. I was going to say Chips Ahoy falls in that category. I'll give yes, you that. Yes, yes. And and just like we have our Oreo, our Chips Ahoy, Australia has its Tim Tam. And if you want to really push these cookies cookies to their <laughs> limit and, and consume them at their best, you consume them with milk. I'm going to push this cookie but, to its limit. But uh, aren't Tim Tams surrounded in chocolate? Yes. Yeah. So that's not the, so the Chips yeah, Ahoy. Yeah, but it's they, too okay, you, you need to you need to let a Tim Tam soak, but the way a Tim Tam gets like soft on the inside but stays crunchy on the outside is by doing the slam. Yeah, but did you just say you need to let your cookies soak? Yeah, dude, you should have seen so me back in the day. I, I, my cookies are Mormon. <laughs> uh, uh, dude, I would love to go to a swig. What's a swig? A soda place in Utah. Why do they have soda there? Because coffee's illegal. Oh, listen, listen. I, I just coffee's think illegal. I mean, illegal in the Mormon world. But. Yeah. If you have, I just don't think you need milk with any. Just eat that cookie. No, that's so stupid. Because the no, ball- no, <laughs> don't call. I didn't say your stuff was stupid. <laughs> Adult debate. Okay, I'm just telling you that, like, at the end of the day, a store-bought cookie is shelf-stable. It's made to sit there for a long time. You're not shoving those things in a microwave. You're just not doing a it. A microwave? So the way to achieve its real offering, like, the way to consume it at its best is by putting it with milk. Like, you want it soft. You want it to be reminiscent of what it was like coming out of that oven at one no, point. No, I don't want it to be wet. Well, that's dude, my issue with it. Also, I hate milk. Like, you don't need it. Well, that's an, almond I mean, milk. I there's, a, have, there's a type of milk for everybody, bro. <laughs> they're yeah, milk they're all almonds. terrible. I hate them all. <laughs> the, I listen. I shaved off a whole Tim Tam, Tam package the other day. I didn't need but, any milk. Yeah, but uh, this one said it's tell, a good cookie. What I'm telling you is, you don't know anything yet until <gasps> oh, you try yeah. it. Yeah, Cameron. Nothing. You just need to at least try it. I've had milk and cookies, brother. It's not like I've never no, I, had milk and cookies. Cheeky Kels, are you directing this show today? <laughs> I am. Oh, of course. <laughs> Once assistant, current director. What's his, was the assistant uh, 40 minutes ago, I think, and now you're the director of our show. Uh, you are somebody who had a Tim Tam Slam, correct? I actually taught you how to Tim Tam Slam. Whoa. Yeah, oh, you taught me how to do it. Wow. changed my life. And I thought Tim Tams were good before the slam, and then I slammed, and I've never been the same again. It's 
like it, like it's the only way to have it. Thank Once you. Once you do it, it's the only way to have it. And like Tim Tam is a great cookie because it tastes good without it, but when you do it, it elevates. Yeah, Cam, are you listening to the director? Oh, I'm listening. <laughs> I just think she's wrong. Well, you know. Oh, uh, so but so out of spite, are you the type of person like out of spite you won't try it now because you just think we're wrong? But even no. though like, you're going to limit yourself? No. Uh, okay, first of all, when you paint it like that. People do that. I'm going to say, oh, are you going to be a scoundrel who needs to add something to a cookie's <laughs> recipe and change what they put in the package? No. You sick freak! No. See, when you frame it like that. <laughs> Not comparable. Oh, it's the same thing. All I'm saying is, like, dude, like I'm, I date a Pisces. He, he's spiteful. You know what I mean? Like, he won't do things no, I, just I, to not do it. I will try literally anything. I, I'm not like that. I'll try anything. Okay. I just think I feel very strongly that a cookie can be good by itself, and you don't need to have the milk. If you need the milk, then I'd argue it's not a good cookie. That's, oh, that's crazy. He's got, I mean, that's a fair point. Nope. I'm not saying the combination isn't good. I mean, I don't like it. You might. But it's just not its not a good cookie. Well, I'm glad I got you hooked on Tim Tams. Yeah. If uh, you got a favorite cookie, drop it in the chat. I want to know. Oreos. Love them. Double stuff or single? Oh, dude, I'll do double stuff all day. Why'd you sigh over there? I, I shouldn't say it out loud. What? I, I just keep going on the cookies. What do you... What? <laughs> I, I have, I, you know, normally I can guess what Dan's going to say in those situations. I have no idea. Is anyone else interested in what's on Dan's mind? <laughs> yeah. No, go ahead. Keep going. What? Power through. Double stuff. Double stuff. Oh, I'm not having that debate with you now, man. <laughs> I like the Oreos that are covered in chocolate. Oh, interesting. Covered in chocolate. What? Yeah. They're like dipped in chocolate, like a Tim Tam, but on the inside it's Oreo. That sounds. But in that incredible. case, that Oreo doesn't need to go in the milk because it has the chocolate. So I don't. That's it what it still does. I don't want to get myself involved in this conversation. But I don't think the Tim Tams need to go in the milk. The Chips Ahoy <laughs> need you. to go in the milk to add a little more. I'm just wondering, Dan, like, have you even had a Tim Tam? Yeah, you brought them for me. Oh, I gave you some? I don't think I got you a gift. No, you, g- you, got, you gave Cameron a whole thing of Tim Tams, and he gave me one or two. Oh, wow. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. And then Zach stole the rest of what he gave me. It was sitting right here so I could <laughs> eat it at my will, and then he ate it. Oh, I did. I, I Yeah, I did. <laughs> Okay. It's okay. Hungry. I'll just take one of the suitcases coming your way. Yeah, yeah. As payment. I'll have fresh Tim Tams for everybody soon. Thanks, Don't man. you worry. I'm not. Uh, big news. Yesterday, heading to the Super Bowl. Who is it? The Chiefs? And? The 49ers. Hello. See, as a non-sports watcher, I'm not going to be able to tell them apart. There's two red teams. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. 49. Yeah, the 49ers are red. <laughs> yeah. That's so are the Chiefs. I thought Zach was just going to try to argue and say the 49ers were not a red team. <laughs> no, they are. It, and they, everybody's uniform is the same no matter if they're home or away, right? What's that? What? Do they have, like, the same uniforms if they play at home or if they play not at home? No, every team has at least two, sometimes even three or, yeah, different jerseys. But wow. th- but in this case, they're both playing away, right? Well, For one team Bowl? is always considered the home team at the Super Bowl. How do they decipher that? Right. That's a good question. Maybe the team with a better record during the regular season. Mm. So would that be... Um, I think the 49ers would be considered the home team if that's what they're going by. Okay. Roger that. But um, I'm guessing, so who knows. And obviously Taylor Swift is going to be at the Super Bowl, and she's making the, the trek. I just saw a breakdown of her travel schedule. It's going to be a tight window because she's yeah. going to be in Japan. in Japan. She's coming from Japan, and she's going to be there that Sunday. Did you see the photos of them kissing yesterday? I saw the video. I saw, I saw it live. Oh, I just saw <laughs> I, I just saw the pictures, and they were really romantic and really precious and made my heart smile. You know, there's always these rumors at the beginning of every NFL season that there's, like, the NFL script for the year mm-hmm. where it's all planned out, everybody knows it's going to happen. And I feel like 
the Chiefs weren't supposed to make it to the Super Bowl again, but as soon as Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift started dating, the NFL caught an audible and changed the script to make sure Taylor Swift was there for the Super Bowl. Dan, I don't know, I'm convinced though. that that's Do is you true. really believe that that's the case? I'm, I'm convinced that there's some, that. Here's yes. the case. Here's what I want to say. I think so. I can make the case that Taylor Swift pushes Travis Kelsey to be his best. I think Travis Kelsey's an amazing athlete and a really good guy from what I've consumed in the public domain. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day... It's a really high-pressure relationship with two incredibly gifted individuals. And real recognizes real. And your partner should they have an obligation to, to a certain degree, to push you to be your best. And I think we're seeing this guy play a better game every, every time he gets a chance to play than we've ever seen him play. You, Is that fair? You think that's funny, Dan? Oh. Yeah, I think that's insane. I completely agree with Zach. You think that— tra- Travis- 100%. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think she, I, I think everybody's bar ends up raising, and Travis Kelsey, he's been playing an incredible game, including yesterday. <laughs> he had insane catches early on I mean, in that game. he's been doing that his whole career. He's always the best tight end ever. He's won Super Bowl. He's been in four of the last five Super Bowls. It's not to discredit anything he's done in the past. I think it's just— it's the perfect combo in this. I, mean, I think the NFL whispered into his ear, "Is like get to the Super Bowl, dude. We need Taylor yeah, to the Super you know, Bowl." Uh, you're, no, here, hey, you're crazy. Travis. It's NFL here. I think hey. on that game when he throws the really long pass, you're going to jump up and catch it. Yeah, I, I think. I think I, I'm. Hey. I think we're but dealing yeah. with two incredibly ah. gifted human beings who <laughs> are so insanely talented and gifted and excel to, to to lengths that like are hard for most people to even imagine or wrap mm. their minds around in their selective fields. So, and that raises the bar. Okay. It makes both of them be Agreed. better. Agreed. So in, on your case then, if Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey never started dating, the Chiefs would not be good and they wouldn't have made it to the Super Bowl. Because halfway through the I year, they weren't great. I, 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 they were I mean, struggling. I can make that case. Yes, I think I think the Chiefs, like you said early on, were not meant to be in the Super Bowl. And they were showing signs of being a team that was not the team that we recognized yeah. last season. That, we, that, that one game was like, we, yeah, we, collectively. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Me and the rest of Kansas City. <laughs> I do, I agree with that. I I I I just think the the NFL the NFL loves money. Who doesn't? Yeah, of and course. They, and they obviously the Super Bowl is the biggest stage. And what better to have the biggest artist in the world on the biggest stage? Oh, in the so world? you think? So they're like, crazy. wait a minute. Let's have the Chiefs go. No, 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 no. Nobody, that's in, dumb. if you, you know, that's dumb. Talk to if you. You think the, the okay, so yeah, on I that think leg, you think the NFL orchestrated the whole relationship. I think Get most football fans would rather have seen the Detroit Lions and the Baltimore Ravens play. Okay, they're the two teams that lost. But by your previous argument, why wouldn't the NFL give the people what they want? Because. I, the, because the, NF, the, the NFL fans who actually care about football, they're not worried if Taylor Swift there is not. They want to watch the football teams play. I like think me, the I Chiefs was, got better and they improved, and we now have them in the and Super you know what's Bowl. Crazy about the suit. And I think Travis Kelsey has been playing a better game because he's with somebody <laughs> who's incredible at what she does. And I again, agree. I agree. The right partners push each other to be the best versions of themselves. I think Why the NFL, can you I let think the, love I, win at this one? Let's hear him out. Because I, let's I, hear him I, out. I started I, this conversation. Brother, I said I the watched, NFL rewrote the script that was planned from the beginning. They had to call an audible. Just I, like the quarterback audibles plays. Patrick Mahomes. Well, look at you. Let's That's hear him out. NFL I don't did. know what that means, but let's hear him out. The Ty. NFL said, wait a minute. We weren't supposed to have the Chiefs in the Super Bowl again. People are sick of seeing the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Nobody wants to see the same team every single year. So we're going to put the Ravens in this year. But then Taylor Swift comes along, and the NFL said, wait a minute. We need Taylor in Vegas that weekend. Bada bing, bada boom. Okay, bada bing, you're no. There's no way that happened. That did happen. No, no. dude, no. Yeah, the, the, the Super Bowl is I, set from day one. I of think the year. It, that's crazy. I think Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift have a completely organic relationship that has a insanely 
public timeline. Have you, and D- Zach? Don't listen to him. Have I you heard of the, the next thing he tells I, us is, brother, is no. wrestling is fake? <laughs> you know, which I, is such BS. Have you I heard genuinely the, think we're looking at two people that are on their way to marriage. I think these two are going to get married. Oh, 100 percent. I would I would bet everything I got on it. Have you seen the conspiracy that if you look at the NFL uh, Super Bowl logos for the past few years, it's designed in the beginning of the year, and each team's colors end up making the Super Bowl. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if the logo is, last year the logo was red and green. The Chiefs and the Eagles made it. This year, it was, like, purple and red. It was supposed to be the 49ers and the Ravens. Mm. But what happened? Oh, when Taylor they, Swift they, came When along. they made that logo with purple in it, Taylor <laughs> Swift wasn't dating Travis Kelsey. You know how insane you sound? What if it's true? I think none of it's true. I think <laughs> it's all hogwash. I mean. There's okay. only one way to find out. Yeah. Let's get NFL on the phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do we have that technology? Roger. Hello, NFL? <laughs> anyway, yeah, she got a lot of traveling to do, huh? Yeah, she's going to be doing a lot. <laughs> doing a lot. Uh, Speaking of Taylor Swift, she was unsearchable. Uh, where was it? TikTok, Twitter? On Twitter, on X. For a good reason. Yeah. Basically, these uh, AI deepfakes of her have been going around, and oh, yeah. they're explicit. And, yeah, they just didn't want them to be able to be, like, so searchable. This is a real problem. Oh, real problem. Massive and it really problem. breaks my heart, again, that Taylor Swift has to be an example and also fight for change. Because what this is going to do is spark a whole conversation and most likely legislation that will come into play that will protect anybody from the use of these deep fakes and so what this, AI has the power to create. This happened, and then um, if you guys have heard of the comedian George Carlin, he— uh, has passed away, but somebody, uh, uh, some podcaster re- released an AI comedy special using George Carlin's voice. What? And that's so his estate's like looking up, or like looking to sue what? for that as well. This is a whole thing where this is just the beginning of this stuff. Like it's going to be, this is a serious one. There's going to be a great deal of laws, rules, and regulations around this. A hundred percent. I just had the conversation the other day with a really well known artist. Um, Maybe you'll see it one day, but like, it is really crazy what people can do. Really crazy. Oh, yeah, you have the power to do a lot, and th- th- that power, to to quote Spider Man, with that with great power comes great responsibility, and he, not everybody has the ability to handle that responsibility properly. Yeah, I th- also think this is a direct effect of uh, you know the moderation team at Twitter being very minimal at this point too, and. It's a whole problem. There's many, many things that need to be fixed with did, it. Did you see this over the weekend? Orlando Brown, who is in That's So Raven, he was kicked out of a restaurant? What What are the details on this? And this poor guy, poor guy, he's crazy. He's, I mean, he's been going through it since the show went away. Yeah, he's been struggling with, like, drug addiction and mental health issues. But he was at Tao last night, and he just— started getting in a fight with the staff and other patrons and ended up getting kicked out. And then there was this video of him just, um, like, cursing out the security outside the restaurant and being an overall kind of menace. And, of course, TMZ writes about it, and it's just, like, more sad stuff, you know? And he was going viral for saying something crazy recently on a podcast. I forget what it was, though. Mm. He says a lot of crazy stuff. It's wild how many podcasts exist in this world. Yeah, there's when a lot I first of them. started doing podcasts, and by the way, it wasn't really like we didn't know it was a podcast when we were doing it because I don't know it was 17 years ago. Uh, not many people doing it, and now there's, I mean, there's so many shows. It's yeah. insane. I love it. You throw a rock, you hit a thousand. Good. If, oh, is he still trying to act, 
or is he just Orlando Brown? Yeah, or is he just like out? I don't think that he's done stuff for a while. No, you know he had his like foray into music for a stretch too, and I don't think that really paid off. There should be. I mean, there's probably documentaries out there that exist. I'm just not familiar with, but there should be a whole series on child actors, like. Their experience when they were kids uh, on set. A series. Dude, there's like 15 podcasts and, about it. Well, I don't care about the podcast. Somebody I'm talking about movies, it. baby. Christy, Christy Carlson Romano does one. Yeah, she has a good one, but it, I just mean, like, gotta, I want to hear the good and the bad, you know? Because there's good ones, too. Like, Hillary Duff yeah. has been, she's done amazingly, you know? Somebody, we we were talking to someone here, and they said they were in making one, but we had to cop, cut it out of the interview. Who? Here, hang on, I'll mute it. Who is it? Da, 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 da. Go ahead. He was muted. Demi Lovato? No, that's not what I said. No. Oh. Wow. No, it it is a constant conversation. Allison Stoner, by the way, a former child star from Disney Channel and a very famous dancer, just pushed for legislation in Ohio. And they all are talking about it. I know there's no movie or no series. I want the series. I want that like the Netflix show. You can get it via the podcast. You know, I see uh, Jennifer Stone out there with the dad from Wizards and, and Elisa Vanderpool. That's a Raven fame? Well, according to Deadline, Demi Lovato is supposed to direct a child star documentary at Hulu. Oh, okay. cool. Maybe that information is out, so awesome. I didn't have to whisper it. I can say it. It was Demi Lovato. Yeah, so you're getting your fix there, Cam. Good. Thanks, Demi. I want to say thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, what is this stat? I know the show Suits that stars Meghan Markle mm-hmm. has had a huge resurgence via Netflix, but it beat The Office for number of minutes watched in a single year. That's true. Mm-hmm. I guess each episode is much longer. Probably two offices make up one suits, right? Yeah, it is interesting, though, how this this is like a thing now. Your show can be... I mean, I just saw the cast at the Emmys, I think. and it's The show hasn't been on for years. Did Meghan Markle show up? Uh, she yeah. wasn't there, but it's just crazy because the show is bigger now than it ever was. I, I want to w- start watching it. And it's yeah. just because Netflix licensed it and put it on the main page and people started checking it out. It's weird. I mean... It's a testament to good shows, right? Like, at the end of the day, not everybody had access to USA. It is, but this is why people were striking. Because this type of thing would happen. It would be the biggest show ever now, and And then you don't get paid. No, totally. So it's like, well, this is why people were striking. Writers and actors and all of them. Yeah, because just like a song, like, at any moment in time, something can regain popularity. The right timeless stuff does have the ability to last forever. Is there a show that you were super late to? Like uh, suits or anything that you that you were like years behind on. For me, it was Breaking Bad. Well, uh, I'm gonna be late to Suits as I haven't watched it, and I will yeah. watch it now. But am I really late when everybody's now into it? I don't know. What's it about? Um, suits. Oh, okay. My friend just started watching <laughs> Gossip Girl. She watches it every night. Oh, I, the I, old one. Uh, I didn't know there were two. Oh wait, yeah. no, there is a reboot. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. definitely the old one. Okay. Yeah. yeah the old one's not the same. You know what I was really late to? Madam Secretary was late to that one. Was late to 24 with Kiefer Sutherland. Love it. Love 24. Uh, was late on Dexter. Yeah. Love Dexter. I just started the West Wing recently. Oh, so good. Yeah, it's really good. So good. A lot of talking. Dan would hate that show. Well, yeah. you get, Yeah, it's a lot. Of, isn't that what all movies and TV are a lot of talking? <laughs> well, no. Aaron Sorkin does something different where he'll shove like 57 more sentences than the average person it's like, in a second. It's like an unnatural amount of talking. Yeah, it's it, like... <laughs> it's the only way to show intelligence. And then everybody's just constantly walking while they're talking. No, it's not for me. I'm going to that one out. <laughs> but to you be fair, and it's all politics. Yeah. There'd be a lot of conversations at the White House to keep the White House operational. So it's justified. I would imagine. Have yeah. you seen the newsroom? That's another the Aaron newsroom, Sorkin yeah. show. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, look at you. 
Look at you. Yeah. I'm going to watch Suits. You watch it, Jordan? I watched the first few episodes. It was pretty good. Huh. You yeah. watched Dave? I did watch Dave, yeah. Mm. Lil Dicky, by the way, going to be in the studio very soon. It's such a fun show, Dave. Yeah, he makes mm-hmm. Dave. It's a great show. It's on Hulu. You can so, watch it there. So easy to watch. Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah. This is, sorry, what were you about to say? I just saw some really big news I need to get into. But what? Oh, breaking news. Zach has it. Well, Ben and Jerry's added two new flavors, Cameron. <laughs> what what is that? That's huge. Uh, jumping way down to Ben and Jerry's. Well, I'm yeah, really let's... sorry. I just got distracted. Well, well let's <laughs> hang on here. Let's air the food it. news benchmark. <laughs> Wait, Ben and Jerry's. Throw that out. Don't need that. Uh, <laughs> they needed a PBS s'more, so like a peanut butter and s'more. Oh wow! So is there any jelly? Uh, no, it doesn't. I don't think Where, so. There's no J. Is there a jelly, Jordan? No, it's I don't just think so. Peanut butter and s'more, right? And chocolate. It's not PBJ s'more. Okay, understood. Understood. It's a law firm of PBJ and s'more. <laughs> it's PB s'more. By the way, I am deeply obsessed with ice cream. I eat it all the time, and I have a very real fascination and obsession with Ben and Jerry's. This one's better though. The second flavor they announced. I don't. It's hard to pronounce. Impressively fudged. Oh, okay. Fudge and pretzel. Mm. Oh. Salty, sweet, mm, good they, combo. They have a couple flavors that include the pretzel. Netflix and Chill, one of them, highly recommend. That's like a peanut butter brownie and pretzel ice cream. It's really good. Is that like a pretzel pieces or like a pretzel swirl? Pretzel, uh, pretzel swirl. It's a pretzel swirl. Oh, oh dude, it's like a, like a pretzel dough kind of sw- sw- uh, swirled throughout the pint, and it's like doughy and crunchy. Whoa. Yeah. You know what they need to bring back? What? Um The first Jimmy Fallon flavor with the potato chips in it. Yes. Tonight dough. Tonight dough. Tonight dough, yeah. yeah but tonight, so dough, good. tonight dough doesn't have uh, a chips in no, it. No, j- didn't it? Nope. No. <laughs> it was it good. I don't recall. The first Jimmy Fallon flavor had like chocolate covered potato chips in it. It was really good. Mm. Oh, yeah. I do remember that. Yeah, I'm not making that up. I thought you knew everything about I ice love cream. Well, ice cream I, with like big chunks of yeah, uh, chocolates and I things. Too. And yeah. that's Ben and Jerry's at its best. Chunky. Yeah. I, 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 I know why the West Wing made you think of Ben and Jerry's. So <laughs> while we're here with food news, Dan, you're a big tea drinker. Yeah, Dan tea. Okay. A chemistry professor yeah. has stirred the pot in the tea community. <laughs> say a little pun there. You planted wow. that one earlier. Uh, yeah. He says that you should add salt to your tea. She. Yeah, she, she, Cameron, wow, and dude. This, this has sparked real intense hatred overseas. So much so that like the, the U.S. Embassy in the U.K. has come out and like, Talked, uh, spoken out against it, all in good fun. But uh, well, no, I'm reading here. World War Three <laughs> yeah. is happening uh, because of salty tea. Well, genuinely, like the people of the UK think it's dis- disgraceful. Well, right? How much salt? Just not a bit, just enough to so like that, bring out the flavor. Yeah. yeah. Basically, according to the doctor, the sodium and salt blocks a receptor on our tongues that tames the bitter sensation in tea, making it more pleasant to drink. Yeah, I can see that. I don't think a little pinch of tea would be terrible in there. Pinch a pinch of, of tea with your salt? I mean, a pinch, a pinch of salt would be good. <laughs> That'd be too. pretty salty, but okay. I once went to a restaurant and ordered a lemonade, and I took a giant gulp of it because I was so thirsty, and it turns out they put salt in there instead of sugar by accident. Wow. <laughs> oh, that was bad. Damn. That and did they bad. give you your food for free after that? Well, no, they just gave me a new lemonade. Wow. They just put salt in your lemonade. You drank it, and they rewarded you with giving you a new drink. How could you even trust them to drink it again? Well, I would hope they wouldn't make the same mistake twice. Yeah, but how could you trust them, Dan? Uh, you know what? I could never trust that, <laughs> that restaurant ever again. Well, what changes are coming to Taco Bell? What are you What hearing? changes? Well, let me pull up the Taco Bell list Can here. I ask you, oh, are you ready? I had <laughs> a question before you got it. Go ahead, Dan. How do you guys feel about Fluffernutter? 
What is fluffernutter? I've actually never had you it, but I know it comes in a big jar. It's like it's like a it's like either a peanut butter and jelly or peanut butter and fluff, which, which is, is like, marshmallow, mm. which is like yeah. that marsh. You never had that, Jordan? I've what? I've seen it. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know why people like it. I don't. I'm, I'm not sure a fan. I would love it. Mm, it's not great. I'm not a fan because I want the marshmallow fluff by itself, oh. not mm. with something else. I was jealous of the kids who used to have those sandwiches growing up because they looked incredible, like that on like Wonder Bread. Incredible looking. I, like, when I when I was a kid, I used to make peanut butter and syrup sandwiches. What? <laughs> Interesting. It is a miracle, I'm not a thousand pounds. <laughs> Let me tell you. I can see that being good though. Oh, it's Why good. Don't more people do that. It's good is because it? it's terrible. Like your teeth will fall out. Even it, it's so toast, much sugar. Did you toast the bread or was it just sogged? Uh, no, it was just soggy. Oh. It was just a soggy, sticky, nasty. Yeah, but imagine like imagine good, a little though. bit of syrup between your peanut butter and jelly. Oh, it's good. That's a little kick. Well, that's like honey. So Make a waffle, spread some peanut butter on it, and then drizzle oh, exactly. some syrup. It's oh, not that crazy. I literally did that yesterday. Oh, and I had pancakes yesterday. Look at that. Did you? Mm -hmm. Thanks for bringing them in. Did you make sure. the pancakes? No, I didn't. You, you think you think I would make pancakes? I don't know. Yeah, you think it'd be caught dead. <laughs> Making a pancake? <laughs> what are you insane? You I know, bought them. I've thought many times about getting one of those self, like those robot pancake makers for my house. Yeah. Mm. They have it like hotels. Mm. Oh, but then are, like I don't think I want to get enough use out of those. Those are waffle makers, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> no, they have pancakes. It's like a conveyor belt. Like, yeah, it's a it, one-touch pancake maker. Yeah. It, like does a little thing on it, and then it just comes out. <laughs> I think they're like a thousand bucks. Let's totally. get one. <laughs> we don't need to buy anything else around here. We're set. <laughs> get we one have, of those. We have no needs for gear or vital equipment to operate our production. Let's no, let's the get the pancake maker. You're right. <laughs> Uh, Taco Bell changes coming this year. The cravings value menu items. Those are changing. They're introducing a veggie version of the build your own cravings box. I don't really know what's in that. Do you know? Um, the cravings box could literally have everything or anything. It's whatever is big for that moment, but they tend to have a taco, at least so a So they Baja swap Blast. things out? Yeah. I get it. Okay. But now you're going to be able to build your own. Yeah, and a veggie version. Um, they're also bringing back the double stack tacos. What's that? This year. So that's a software tea on the outside that serves as the wrapper for the taco inside, the crispy taco on the inside. And that's just a... Okay. It's kind of like a crunch wrap, but like you know, in taco it's, form. It's, it's kind of like a cheesy gordita crunch. That's the one I'm looking for. They should, you know what they should do is take a taco and put um, like syrup and peanut butter in it. <laughs> Remember when they made those really breakfast good. tacos that were like yeah, the made taco out of chicken and waffles? Yeah, chicken and waffles. Yeah, that was pretty good. I don't want to be Sleep that guy, it. but I, be it, be it. I don't want to be that guy, but I didn't get invited to the Taco Bell Super Bowl event. You know what? In Vegas. I didn't get invited either, but I'm going to be there that night, and I'm thinking about throwing a fit and texting them and say, why wasn't I invited? You no, probably should. Yeah, I didn't yeah. get an invite. I saw... Uh, you know, other people did not. I think me. Tiesto and wow. Future performing there. Did they put the invite list out? Yeah, yeah. I guess people got the invites. Well, you know, I did change my address, but <laughs> it's also possible they just didn't think you were going to be in Vegas. Oh no, I let them know I'd go for them. Oh. Oh, and they didn't say anything. Nope. Wow. All right. Well, enough of the Taco Bell news. Um, I have a question. Yeah. When you go to Panda Express, what do you order? Um, I used to get their Beyond Chicken. Beyond Chicken. Mm -hmm. Okay, Dan. I get lo mein with vegetables on the side and white rice, and there's actually the only Panda Express Innovation Kitchen, Pasadena, California, where you can get a burrito. A burrito? Like a... Wow. Anything you want with Panda Express and a burrito. Really? Um, that sounds delicious. I always get orange chicken and chow mein, which it turns out 
is the least healthiest thing you can get. <laughs> I can see. According to <laughs> you can see the oh, website. I didn't say that. I thought. Yeah, yeah, jackass. <laughs> he means he saw. You can see on the menu. Uh, yeah, yeah, look at the menu. A thousand that. calories <laughs> for, for oh, that. Thousand calories for that plate alone. And that's what I get every time. Holy guacamole! <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. I've been, you know, need to lose a little weight, but like the peanut butter and syrup sandwiches, <laughs> the orange chicken. Anyway. That's what I get. Don't get it. It's unhealthy for you. Thank you, Cam. Uh, one more thing. One more thing. <laughs> Costco. Since we skipped to food news. Costco. They have the new cookies. People are giving a little tip out there that you should get the cookies and get the uh, the Froyo, put it together, oh. make a little sandwich. Interesting. I also hear the cookies aren't that good. Uh, brown, I heard they're not great. Brown butter cookies, uh, kind of come burn. Somewhat mm -hmm. chewy on the inside. They're also saying that you can get like the Sunday because some some of them have the Sundays and like crumble a cookie on top. The funny thing about this, I love this. You see it all over the internet. That this is a Costco food court hack. It's like, what is it a hack if you just put a cookie and put another cookie together? Well, yes. Well, well, a hack? It, well, you made a product out of two products that they didn't serve. Well, what if I took the pizza and folded it? Is that a hack? I mean, if you're creating something, I would. If it's a, if you put a hot dog in. Yeah, between the slices. That's a hack. Okay, I guess I'm gonna start hacking. <laughs> then. Get to work and start posting. Just give it a shot. Okay. Well, I saw the grossest recipe on the internet the other day where somebody was taking those like cannoli-shaped noodles, those big thick ones, mm -hmm. and sticking hot dogs in there and cooking them. I saw. Did you see that? Did you see that? What? I saw. Yeah. Cannoli-shaped noodles. Yeah. yeah, like these big cannoli-shaped noodles, and they were sticking hot dogs in there and just like. What are they doing? Cooking in a pan, right? Yeah, it was like, like the rigatoni, like the giant ones. What? <laughs> yeah. Hang yeah. on, that actually Hot sounds kind of good. Hot stuffed pasta. Like Damn. pigs in a blanket, but pasta. Yeah, I said that's I never thought weird. about stuffing pasta like that. It was also just oh. so weird watching her stick the hot dogs in the <laughs> yeah. in the noodle. <laughs> anyway. That visual is wild. Yeah, that was also part of the weird part. That's Absolutely. good stuff. Yeah. Thank you for that, Cameron. You're welcome. I really appreciate you. I appreciate you. What are you going to skip to now? Well, little Dickie's about to be here, so we got to go get him. Oh, right? Sure. Can we just can I just bring up one thing on this list that we didn't get to? Yeah. yeah. Amelia Earhart's plane may have been found. I've been watching. I've been reading what? about it all weekend. So so fascinating. Wait, Amelia Earhart. So she's the lady who did uh, or attempted to ride, fly around the world, right? <laughs> Love that lady. Yeah. yeah. So back she's in the day, she was a pilot. She tried, didn't disappeared. Allegedly, yeah. but they may have found her plane where? Uh, exactly where they thought it would be. Some like guy is like a private investigator type thing. I'm not explaining well, but it basically he spent like nine million dollars on it. Went out there, like mapped the bottom of the floor, and they found this image that looks like a plane. They found it in the ocean. Oh, there it is. Mm -hmm. Whoa, that's at the bottom of the ocean, exact right Whoa. around where they thought she may have crashed and sank. That's crazy. And that's one of the images they got after like scanning the floor and they were viewing everything and like holy crap, look what we just saw. Okay, so are they gonna go grab it? It's that, yeah, just gonna put their arm down there and lift yeah. it up and say, uh, <laughs> use one of I'm those sure they, magnets. I'm sure if they try it, it would fall apart. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they have to like dive down and then do some investigating down so there. So this might be like the new Titanic. Yeah, they should send a submersible down there. Yeah, yeah. yeah look how good it ended up last time. Well, don't use the same vendor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean that guy working on the Xbox yeah. controller? Don't use that guy. Yeah. That's fascinating. Though. Yeah, and that crazy. I want that go missing. Um, date. 1937. And wouldn't that be wild? It's like what 80 years ago, and they may finally find it. That's crazy. I mean, it makes sense. It's just the ocean's so vast. Yeah. That's why it took so long. She's given deep and wide. I call yeah. it, well, I don't know. The ocean. The, the ocean, ocean is. is not Amelia. Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> That's like I don't a, know what her mama gave her. I'm talking about the ocean, <laughs> man. I can't believe they had planes in 1937. 
Yeah. Imagine being or brave women enough. pilots. Or, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or what? <laughs> women pilots. I mean, that's baffling. You're right, Jordan. Imagine like, being brave enough to get on a plane in, in 1937. A lot of people are scared today. We got doors falling off today. That was 80 years ago. They're yeah, flying when, planes. When did the Wright brothers first do, do their thing? Like the early 1900s, right? Yeah. Or maybe late 1800s. And when did commercial aviation begin? Yeah, like a year ago. <laughs> December 17th, 1903 is when the Wright brothers flew that little 1903. plane. 1903. And she goes missing in 37? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when does commercial aviation begin? 1914. Commercial aviation? You can tell me the, the Wright brothers First flew airline, yeah. Wow. Whoa. First That's commercial crazy. airline originated in 1914 on New Year's Day. Which one was it, does it say? Uh, Alaska Airlines? They're still <laughs> using the same planes? Hmm. It doesn't say. It literally just says the story of the world's first airline. And it originated in St. Petersburg, Florida. Wow. Imagine getting on. Like, at least, like, when you're the first person to fly, like, in one of those rockets today, they have planes, you know how to fly. That is, like, the first thing to ever fly, and you're like, I'll get in it. Right. You know? Yeah. Bravery. I, I saw somebody post on TikTok this interesting thought, and I, I don't know where I land on it. They said... If birds didn't exist, if animals that fly didn't exist, would we ever think to try to fly? Mm, probably not. Right? Well, if if fish never swam, would we ever think we could swim? <laughs> I would we'll be right back. try getting in water. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. That's a good question. Yeah, think about that. Leave I will. Your, leave your well, thoughts in the chat. I think I think engineers had to use birds and flying animals to to figure out how they can get a plane up there. Would yeah. the same thing apply to boats? True. I don't know. When I see like those massive new cruise ships, that big one that just sailed off from Miami, I'm like, how does that thing not sink immediately? It's all it's about like, the pressure in the hole or something like that. Clearly, <laughs> clearly this guy knows it the is. boats. It is. The pressure in the pole? In the hole. The hell is it? The hull. The hull. Hull? Hull? Hull. It's hull. We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Captain Engineer Cameron. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, seriously, though, Lil Dicky going to be in the studio very soon. Hi, I'm Dave. Leave your thoughts on uh, it's a little dicky. birds and flying. and. <laughs> I said it's a little dicky. That's part of the song. He goes, hi, I'm Dave. It's a little dicky. Yeah. Yeah. That's it? the song. Come I was on, just, Dan. I was Keep just, up. Sorry. Don't embarrass me. <laughs> <laughs> like get him, Jordan. Red. Get him. Stop. Get him. Oh, okay. Y'all get out of here. Little dicky coming in next. We'll be right back. Just throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks. We're like a bunch of toddlers over here. Zach Sang Show. Dave's here. I'm Zach. That's Dan. Yep. And, uh, yeah, we're just talking transpo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I find it interesting that like your your uh, garage is the reason because I my driveway is very narrow as well, and I've destroyed my car on it. I yeah. totally fucked my car. Yeah, my it's Bad. just I'm just not a good driver. Like I'm not a great driver. Have you gotten into accidents? No, I, I like bumped a man's bumper one time. That's I was just zoned bad. out after a recreational basketball game, just <laughs> replaying everything in my head, and I was just like driving like 15 miles an hour, and I just like went like right at a guy at the light, and he was like, "What the fuck?" And I was like, "There's no excuse. Like I, I really made an error here, uh, but no damage to the car. No, I'm I'm just like bad at like like you know how like like I don't know like." Even though it's the same garage every time, I, I would be backing into. Yeah, 
my brain is one of its biggest weaknesses is like spatial awareness. So truly I've learned nothing by like every time it feels like a brand new experience where like I'm trying to learn. I don't, it's all <laughs> random guesswork of like, and so it's just a waste of time. And then I have to get out and it's so embarrassing in the alley. It's like, it's like an, a back alley. And like if a car is coming, then it's like, Oh my God. And then it takes me like Jesus. two minutes to even like get like, like abandon the idea of backing into it and just like leaving the alley. And it's the whole thing. So I've just decided. You're never going to move your car again. Well, yeah. Yeah. I hope I do because I, I, I do still get in my car to review mixes of music. Interesting. Because the sound system is incredible in my car. So we, it serves a purpose. <laughs> it serves a purpose. I like going in there and like, oh, I sit in, I've gotten in the car in the past year to review the mixes. Um, but I just haven't like uh, taken it out of the driveway. And by the way, these are mixes to an album that you've been sitting on for how long? Uh... Well, I've been sitting on these songs for like it, it, it. They all did get finished like relatively recently. Like a lot of this. So basically, I just put out an album called Penis, uh, the Dave soundtrack, which is an album that consists of songs that have entered my show, Dave, in some way, shape, or form over the past three seasons. But when they're on the show, they're like just Pro Tools sessions, right? When they're on, exactly. They're like just like demo bounces of like unmixed material, and you know, which you can get away with on TV because like no one's like sitting there listening with like their studio headphones and it's sometimes it just plays for like 10, 15 seconds on the show. And, uh, you know, when I do a mix, like there's like 15 passes and it's, I just didn't, I can't, I don't have the time to deal with that stuff. Like as I'm producing and making my show. So yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a long time coming. Um, no pun intended. Uh, but, uh, I'm just, you know, like uh, interesting. Some of these songs, I wouldn't be comfortable like only like letting them appear in the show for 10 seconds because sometimes there's like a three minute song that no one's ever heard attached to that 10 seconds you mm. heard in the show. And I just didn't feel comfortable like just like letting that music just go unlistened to. So I just thought, wow, what an interesting thing. I can just take a step back. When I took a step back and analyzed the inventory of songs that have entered the show. Because when I make music in general, I'm not making it necessarily for the show. Mm. Like the show ends, I have a few months off and I'm just like, man, I'm a rapper. I got to make music. And I just make music and like add to my pile. Mm. And then it's like, oh, the show's coming back. And like, the show's about a rapper. Need music for the show. And then I'm like, well, th let's take this, this, and that. And then so like a lot of stuff that I do love like ends up going in the show. And I'm still trying to make an album. And then I took a step back and realized, oh my God, there, you know, there is a project here that is like full of songs that I love the common theme being that they've been in the show. But why haven't you been able to finish them? Is it because you're busy doing other stuff or is it because you are the sole person needed to do almost all of it? Well, both. I, I'm definitely the sole purpose person needed to do the, if I remember correctly, you're perfectionist, right? You work very much I am, on your but own. It's, I, I am, I guess, but I don't think that that is the reason to blame for why, like literally the TV show and I, like the amount of time it takes out of my life Crazy. is, is unbelievable. Like I've always been a hard worker. I didn't ever like envision like something that was that took this much time. TV is you know, different. TV is different. You're like on these deadlines. Like every week, I'm handing in episodes like five days before they air. Like I'm living like week to week survival mode. You know what I mean? And it's not because I'm a perfectionist. It's just like that's how long it takes to make the show great. Yeah. And I'm like writing everything, acting and everything scoring everything, editing everything. So it's like, I really am involved in every phase and there's just no, so like I can literally be in a world where like for 12 weeks straight, seven days a week, 15 hours a day, I'm working on the show. There's just no time to like get in pro tools and like, yeah. you know, finish off that verse. Like it's just not possible. So when the writer strike happened, really that was when I was able to be like, okay, like look at all these demos. Let's actually finish them. Let's go to Benny and like, you know, let him, add outros and intros to everything and like produce it up and then let's go 
mix it and master it and finally get it. That whole thing takes time. Make music videos totally. for it. Like I just went to Lithuania and shot like these really, I think the best, some of the best music videos of my entire career. Cause I don't want to just like put this out and not have like a cool visual attached to it. So it just takes a lot of time to properly set up. And I didn't have that time till the writer's strike. But by the way, like when you look at it now, like, and even if you go like a couple thousand feet above, it is this beautiful synergy thing, right? Yeah. That, that really can work together for each other. And I can make the case that, Dave lives forever, right? Like yeah. the streaming of Dave lives forever. Yeah. The placement of those songs live unless, forever. Yeah, unless something crazy like you never know what could happen on this earth in the sense that aliens could come and Okay, yeah. TV's <laughs> yeah. done. Like, just like no more TV. But I agree, it lives forever. You're right. And music lives forever. So it's yeah. like that I think there yeah, no matter what happens moving forward in life, like these things will always like, you know, yin and yang each other. But I also tried to design the album as far as like the sequencing and whatnot to be like, if you've never even seen the show, like I, I would hope that you can still listen to this and appreciate it. Like those that have seen the show will obviously probably have a higher appreciation for and it. And that's, yeah, because I, I watched the entire show. I was thinking that when I was listening to the album, I was like, you don't need to watch the show to understand this album. I was lucky that like within songs that have been on the show, there's like a really good intro. There's like mm -hmm. a really good outro. There's like really good interludes. Like I was just lucky that like I had pieces to put together in that way. So yeah, I designed it uh, to, you know, be for any listener. Um, and I'm proud of it. And it's just the beginning of the music that I plan on putting out. Like I, I it's like, you know, like I said, the show takes up every second of my time. And that's why it's been eight, nine years since I've put out a body of work. And the reason for it is not because I'm this perfectionist who like is no. endlessly dabbling. It's like because I'm spread so thin with my responsibilities. So, but I, I've the writer strike really allowed me to like get back into music in a way that I just didn't have the opportunity the last five years, and I like fully have fallen in love with it again. And I have so much music coming, and I just this is like the step back into it. So this was genuinely getting out what you've just had sitting there. Yeah, and now you're making new. Oh yeah, every day. Really? Oh yeah. Sick. You should see me in there. Yeah, cooking? Really, really at the height of my, yeah, cooking. Um, We're going on your magnum opus? We're, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and uh, I'm really excited. And it's, uh, you know, I when I think about my future, like, I definitely think the second half of my life is going to be one that is predominantly, like, movies and film. And, like, I really feel like I'm a filmmaker at heart. But... Music and rapping, I feel like now is my time to like, in in eight years again, I don't know how much people are going to be wanting to hear from me. Uh, I mean, I think, I'd hope they would want, I might have something interesting to say in eight years too, but you never know. I feel like right now, like, you know, there's a time window where it's like, I'm still young. I still like feel like a rapper in my spirit. I don't have like, I'm not saying you can't feel like a rapper when you're like middle-aged. And you can, like, it's, and it could be cool. But, like, I just feel like now is my time to, like, finally fulfill the, what is Lil Dicky, like, at its peak? Like, I don't think I've ever answered that question. The rapper, not, like, the TV show version of Lil Dicky. But like, are you, you looking at Lil Dicky as something that is not you or an extension of yourself? Uh, I'm looking at Lil Dicky as, like, my rap career. Got it. When I say what is Lil Dicky, I, I mean, like, what is, like, independent of this TV show that's successful, like... You know, I've obviously been successful as an artist totally. musically, but I, but in my heart, I'm well aware. And I even feel like that my music, I, I, this new project helps, but like the things I've been able to achieve TV, I don't think I've achieved musically, Interesting. but I think I have the capability to do so. Right. Well, there, it is interesting, right? Like y y you 
have a real intense social commentary, right? Yeah. And Lil Dicky is an energy, a persona, a character, a an extension of you and or beliefs and or life that is polarizing yet understood yeah. by so many. And there is this idea of like, if like nobody else is doing it, why not you, right? Mm -hmm. And you take positions that are really, how would you describe them? Well, it depends on the position I'm. T I, I've, I mean, know. you look at. I mean, I'm, dude. There's so many. There's so many. And if you, and biggest difference between the first professional rapper and what we're getting in this last one. Yeah. What do you think the biggest difference is? Uh, if you're asking me, I would just say like an evolved level of uh, artistry, but really just the way I'm rapping. Like I don't know. Like I, I've said this in other interviews I've been doing that like. If Jay Z had never heard of me, and he was like, "Oh, let me go look up Lil Dick, Lil Dicky," and then prior to this moment, all he had on Apple Music or Spotify or whatever Amazon Music, like he all he had was uh, professional rapper to listen to, I'd be like, "No, like don't listen, Jay." Like I just don't think I don't like when I listen back to professional rapper, I think the ideas are really great. Some songs phenomenal, other songs I'm like, "Ooh," like, and not and just because I don't. I've evolved. My sound has evolved, really. It's like, I think for me... When you say sound, is it the stories you're telling? No, or I think the stories have always been good with me. Like, the ideas have always been... It's just the delivery and, like, yeah. the way I'm carrying myself as a rapper. Like, I listen to my old music and I'm like, why did I enunciate that that way? That's so lame. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but I don't feel that way on anything it's on this current project. Like, I'm like, oh, I can play this for someone and I'm not, like, squirming because, like, I, like, feel like my... Just capability as a, I, I don't know, I just feel like, <clears throat> I don't know, it's hard to explain, but I just feel like this current body of work far more represents where I've evolved to than like professional rapper, and then I feel like I have an even further level that no so one's heard. What parts of this latest album are you taking with you as you make music now? When you say taking with you. Like, like, like what, like... It, is there anything you did in this album that is going to carry through with you into like what you emotionally make next? Or like I mean, it literally... could be Sonics. Like, I mean, it could oh. be a production thing. It could be addiction thing. It could be a phrasing thing. I think all of it, I, I carry the same, like, spirit as far as, like, you know, I still like telling stories. I still like, but I think, like, back in the day, maybe, like, if you listen to this album, there's some funny stuff on it. And I'm not mm -hmm. at all saying I'm, like, over- making funny music because I think if you, like I'm just naturally always joking around in life and that's always going to be the case but I think back in the day when I was making even professional rapper it was like in my heart I was like I'm an undiscovered comedian like who like has a platform now to be noticed for being funny so I need to like make a lot of really splashy funny things like with the hope of like getting the opportunity to make a show like Dave but now that I've made Dave I feel like less uh, like I need to do that in every song and more like, oh, I can just make a song where I'm just like having fun and like not thinking too much about it. You know what I mean? And like not every song needs to be a strategized, like perfect uh, concept where like, you know, normally like every song I made in the past was like, well, what's the big idea totally. behind the song? I don't think other people are making music like every time being like, what's the big idea here? So like now I just like hear a beat that I like, I find like a good pocket of the way I rap and then I kind of am more able to just like let it come naturally as opposed to forcing some big global idea on every single piece of music I make. It's, and, may, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like maybe that is like there's artistry to creating a buzz and or being I'm trying to figure out the right word because like what comes to mind immediately is Freaky Friday right like that Big shit idea. was a hit 
massive idea. Big idea. Huge concept. <laughs> and like you got to really listen to the lyrics yeah. and wrap your mind around what yeah. the fuck you were talking about. Totally. Like, and, and I, to be clear, I'm not over big ideas. Like I still like have other big ideas. And, and I think big ideas like can yield like massive uh, success. And like there is like a... Not many people are doing the big idea thing, so it, totally. it's it's like a differentiating thing for me. But I agree. Like the, I, ten years ago, when I would play music for people in a studio, and then they'd be sitting there, they'd get on their phone and like like read ESP, and I, I, and like I'd stop the music and be like, "Wait, like you just missed the turn of the narrative of the song," and like, but that's not necessarily how people want to listen to music like they want to like you know what I mean and like I'm more capable now than ever of just making music that can be absorbed the way that everyone absorbs normal music and how is that like what what mechanics of a song make song to, and by the way Benny Blanco is one of the greatest masters of that yeah. right like creating yeah, something I, have a lot, that is, I think just my ability as a songwriter has improved like I think there are like a songs like even on this project like Mr. McAdams is a song mm -hmm. I like that I just think is like perfectly written it is a big idea yes but it's like the verse is the perfect length. Like every, like right before it goes into every hook, it's like the perfect way to go into every hook. Like every, the first uh, part of every verse feels like a great entry. It's like just perfectly constructed. You know what I mean? And I don't think I was ever even thinking of song construction 10 years ago. I was thinking like, what's the idea? Like now let me rap for like four minutes straight about it. Or like, you know what I mean? <laughs> there are like exceptions to the rules. Like Freaky Friday is pretty well constructed, but um, but and you could find the crossover, right? Like you really can. Yeah, I mean that's the ideal. Like I'm not saying I want to make generic music because I think everything I do needs to be infused with like originality and like some sort of unique spin on things. But I also just want to like I think it's not that I necessarily am a perfectionist. It's I think historically with music beyond not having time to simply go record it because of the TV show, I think it's a lot more limiting and harder to wrap your head around writing a song when every song needs to be so conceptual. Totally. Whereas like now, like some of the best things I ever did in my opinion as a rapper are like these sway freestyles, which like are just me rapping, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of, and I think that, that and that's what people love too. Right? Yeah. Like I think that's how you garner a much deeper, more passionate community. That's going to stick with you through music and consume albums. Right. Not just yeah. wait for the big, I think, Gimmick is the wrong fucking word. I think like ginormous fucking moment. Like, yeah. and I think that's a lot of pressure. Like, how do you create art like that? It's yeah. And like, so that's probably like, yeah, I was probably doing that more. I was like, what is my big moment here? Now I just, I don't feel like I need a big moment musically. I can just make music that I would like, yeah. I'm proud of that. Like, oh my God, I get to perform this in a nightclub and feel cool. Like what a win. Do you, so I feel like, like a lot of artists don't have the ability to write songs like jail or Harrison Ave. Yeah. But do you, do you feel like you can't get that to like a mainstream audience if you're just telling like six minute stories without uh, chorus and verses? Like, you know, there, there is a limitation to like, yes, the, but like, I also think when I'm, if I'm reviewing like people's like feedback on this project, they're all like Harrison Ave's my favorite. Harrison so, Ave's incredible. Yeah. So it's like, I, and, and I'm not saying I'm done making Harrison Ave's. Like, I think that is something that I, I really feel like I am one of the best storytellers mm -hmm. in rap. And I, I feel agree. like, uh, to not do that would be a disservice to my skill set. Um, but I think I just want to be able to, I don't really worry about like, like I, never would I add a hook in the middle of Harrison Ave. Like that's like trying to make it like a catchier six minute song. Like yeah. I know what it is. And I think it's like very relatable and like very interesting. And it's a journey that like flies by, even though it's six minutes, you're like, wow, like I was like gripped for the entire duration of that six minute thing. 
And JL is a 10 minute version of that. That's totally different that I like, Oh my God, I, that song is incredible. But, um, yeah, I just, I want to make a variety of songs and the thing that I have that I will make next, I think will, will, will it, it can have the Harrison avenues, but I, I don't know. I just, I think I'm just now kind of for the first time able to approach making music as like a musician and not as like a comedian who's like trying to get attention. When you release a 10 minute song. Yeah. <laughs> how does that, I mean. Too long? One, no, I think, <laughs> but I think that's real storytelling, right? Yeah. Like I, I, I think there's a massive place and massive, a massive place in culture for it, plus a whole in yeah. culture for it. Genuinely. Is there, I mean, do you house nerves? And how does that even begin? Do you write it? Do you freestyle? Where, where it varies. Like I have a few, unfortunately, ten minute songs in my catalog, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> like the the song "Pillow Talking" yeah. is another one that's like an eleven minute song. That like they were making the beat in the studio, and I just like started freestyling. Like uh, I said, like, do you fuck with the war? Like I don't, I just free, and like I kind of like built like, and I was like, oh, like I could like, be having a conversation post bed. Like that came out of like a proper music session where I was like freestyling, and like the kernel of the idea came from that. Jail, I don't even know where the hell that came from. Like, I I, I, I wrote it, like, for the show. Um, and truthfully, there's, like, it's, like, even longer. Like, there's more. Wasn't there a part? Is there a part two? There, there's an, yeah. But, like, I don't I don't know if, it's not finished. Okay. Like, you know what I mean? But, like, the, the, the nine or whatever, eight-minute version that is on Penith is not the whole thing, which is shocking. Uh, and, like, there was even more that I wanted to even shoot for the show, but there's production limits. Like we yeah. only had so many, like, so I had to like be like, all right, how can I tell a version of the story in the amount of hours we had to shoot? And it just like ends up, but do I have fears of it being too long? No, I'm like, this is so sick. But is it like, is everything written out? Like, are you just- No, I don't write, I used to, a lot of it is like, it's not really freestyle, but it is. It's like, I don't really write down lyrics anymore. I used to, what I used to do was such a dumb thing. I used to like get a beat and then like, sit and like type and write the whole thing without recording anything. And then I'd go to the mic and then put it on and then I'd start doing it. And I was like, oh my God, I don't even like how, like I thought I would sound one way in my head yeah. when I was writing it, but then like, oh, you actually have to deliver it like at this vocal octave. And now the whole thing sucks. And I just wasted a whole three days of my life writing this thing that I, so to avoid that inefficiency, I was like, I'm now when I record a song, I'm just going to write it as I record it. So I sit there and I like, write the first line and then I record that first line like I don't write it I just like say it and then like maybe I'll the first half of what I said is good but the way I ended it was bad and then I'll like punch in and finish and then I just inch along and then by the end of it by the end of me recording it it's done how long does it take you to finish something like that a song like jail I was getting like I remember like because I would send Benny like every day like here's the next two and a half it was like two and a half minutes a day <laughs> So it took like <laughs> that's crazy, yeah. and then so it took like five days to write jail. Interesting, like, and, write and record, like you know what I mean. Like, but where do you go to even write something like that? Like, do you have to like what mindset do you have to be in? Well, with jail, I knew that I wanted to tell this. Like, I, I the whole pre I knew that I wanted to do like a season finale that like started in a song that like cut out back to reality. Where and I'm pitching this 
ridiculous idea to a record label as my first single. And then we thought about the, and I literally interviewed a few people who were in jail. What are those injuries like? What do you learn from them besides what it's like to be in jail? Uh, that's, I mean, I just, I learned, I just learned the ins and outs of like the process and, you know, just really, I just learned the facts at hand of like what, it, I mean, of course, it's probably way different when you're actually in that, of, of course, uh, uh, way different when you're actually going to jail. You know what I mean? But I just learned the fact, like how it would work. I learned how I'd be able to get just to, even the trial process I talked to them about. And like, I tried to talk to a lawyer about like, well, what, like what, you know, I tried to, it's a little over the top at times, of course, very over the top at times, but I didn't want it to be a complete farce logistically. But you've also acknowledged throughout this journey that you rap from a place of privilege, yeah. right? You you do. Yeah. And I think there is, I mean, I don't know, like, uh, what does that really mean for the art you put out? Well, just in general, you know, I've lived a very privileged life and we try to, and I'm in an art form where most of the people that are in it are significantly less privileged. And they've, you know, people have been through a lot more than what I've been through. Um, we try to address, you know, my whole career has kind of been like addressing that. And especially we try to hit it hard in the show. You know I mean? There's a lot of episodes that explore like topics and themes in a way that like an ironic satirical rap song could never, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's what helps with the show is it gives really context behind all these things because it, it shows like there is like a thoughtfulness and, uh, more than just like a privileged white guy, like making jokes, you know what I mean? Like, uh, but all I can do at the end of the day is like, try to like be myself. And, uh, when I think of like, you know, uh, what a culture vulture is, it's like, you know, stealing something and like trying to be something they're not to capital. And I just never feel like I'm really trying to be anything I'm not, you know what I mean? I, I try to be like, of course I'm being like over the top, absurd funny but that's how if we were having a conversation i would be over that's like in my spirit to be like a joke maker um so yeah what are you thinking well i just want to talk about ha 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 yeah <laughs> what does the joker why did you want to play the joker in that music video and how like how does that connect everything well i don't even necessarily view it as the joker i view it as like a dark clown mm -hmm. um and well, you know, the song, first off, I love that song. So I knew I wanted, and that's an example of like, you know, 10 years ago, I'm not going to make, spend a million of my own dollars to make a music video for like essentially a four minute verse that has no potential to be like a pop hit that like isn't funny. Is that <laughs> like, how much you spent on that? Yeah. Well, it's amazing. So it makes sense. Yeah. I spent so much money on it, but I love it. Yeah. You, and I also got, I, I, I couldn't be more proud of it. And I also, that includes the, I love myself video and the mm -hmm. intro scene. Like, you know what I mean? It's like a whole little like short film. There's actually, I just put out an 11 minute and 30 second version where it's all put together. But that's what I mean by like, now I feel like I can, like the ha ha ha's of the world are my favorite kind of music. That's like no big, broad, big idea. It's just like me like rapping over a beat that like really pumps me up. And I'm just like essentially like talking my shit over a four minute verse. The hook obviously bookends it and it's like, ha ha ha, that's a joke. So I always knew that like if there was a video and I've always like wanted to pl like play uh, a, like a dark clown, like for whatever reason, just my whole life I've wanted to play that type of character. So I just thought, Why? Be, I don't know. I can't tell you that. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I've always, I, there's something about like, a, I have a picture in my house of like a sad clown, like looking at a flower then like uh, there's like bleakness to it but optimism and i've always related to that image i don't know why 
and I'm not sad. Are you sure? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I wake up every day in a pretty good mood. Uh, That's good. I think there is a constant restlessness to me, but um, I don't know. Restlessness to do what though? Like, what? What do you think cures that? I don't know what will what would what would cure it. Or maybe kids will cure it. I don't think I don't think that anything will cure it though. I think that's just kind of like who I am, and I, it's just how you manage that restlessness moving forward. Do you? In, okay. Because how, how do you know, manage it? I mean, something you learn every day, right? Yeah, I'm still learning, but like you know, you would like. Does work help fix it? Look, I would say this. I, I'm globally the second day of the TV show, like got on TV and like that dream was realized. Like there is a shift in the restlessness as far as like I felt like I'm I made it. Like everything I dreamed of doing is now has just occurred. That being said, there's always more. You always want more. Like. You know, I'm. I, and the last thing I did was make an episode with fucking Brad Pitt and Drake. You know what I mean? And it's like they're really like you can't get any higher than that. We were literally talking about that mm-hmm. when we were preparing for all yeah. this today. But uh, like, I, I'm. I also, and that's kind of the premise of the actual episode. Brad Pitt telling me like, until you love yourself, that you'll never uh, like be able to love anyone else. And it's like there is like an endless validation loop that could occur. That I'm aware. Like, no amount of success awards views, anything will actually make, like you can always have more. Like the only thing that would actually potentially maybe cure that restlessness is like universal respect from every human being on earth that will never exist. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you'll never have like every single human being being like the way Dave sees himself is exactly the way I see him. Every single person on earth is on the same page. That's never you found peace. That's the only way to find peace for me. So I'm aware that that's never going to happen. So I have to find peace other ways, which, you know, as time goes on and, and life goes on, I would be hopeful to, and I can find it. And yeah. Are you dating? Oh my God. I'm, I'm like fully, I found the one. We just bought a house together. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Kristen. The, the house you can't get out of. House you can't get the out. Car, of. The car, the garage. That no, it's a new house, bigger garage. Oh, sick. but they got to they got to decorate the whole and like you know we're knocking down a few things, so it's like in construction. Oh, Mazel Tov. Yeah, so but I'm still stuck in that old garage. But like, yeah, I'm like I've met the dream woman. I've always like it's such a amazing. It's thing. Like Kristen. Kristen, yeah, you guys got to meet her. How do you meet her? I met her through the head writer, one of the head writers of my TV show, um, is a woman named Vanessa. And I was always asking her, I was like, you gotta, you know, I was just like endlessly online dating and like not meeting anyone that I wanted to really, to me, I was like, if I'm not meeting my wife, if, if you're not my wife, like it's not yeah. worth like, cause I was so busy. Um, okay. And then Vanessa was friends with Kristen and she was like, oh my God. Cause Kristen was in a relationship for like five years prior to meeting me. So she was like, never, a, I was going to say a free agent, but she was never, <laughs> so she was never a free agent. Uh, and then she broke up and then Vanessa was like, oh my God, I've totally, the Kristen, like you guys are a good match. And then I met Kristen bowling and we, Holy shit. and then the pandemic happened like right then. And then we were forced to like kind of hang out all the time, just us. And it was like, you know, my mom always said, like, your view of love is so ridiculous. Like, it's all about meeting the right person at the right time. And I think my mother was right in this instance because the pandemic, like, forced me to, like, slow down and, like, give a relationship a real shot. And it's, like, truly ideal. I've never had, like, a bad day with, like, every day. She's, like, the funniest, most beautiful, most charming, like, person ever. Oh, Dave. 
That's great. That's congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. That's really special. So that box is checked off. So like I'm not like I would have be double the restless if I was still a single man being like, and where is she? Uh. Like that would have so like I've checked off that box and that does feel good. Um, but even that, there's still a restlessness in me. So it's like, and then I think like, well, maybe kids will solve a restlessness, but I don't think they will. I think there was, I think there are just certain people that are wired restless. You need that, but, but a part of that, but by the way, you can say that the restlessness is a part of why you're successful, right? Oh yeah. Like that's. It is a motivating factor. hundred percent. Yeah. Like I have to try to combat it with ambition. Um, but. I don't want to live a life where I like am head down working for like five years straight and succeeding and then feeling like, like I haven't like advanced at all as a human being. Like there, there, you know what I mean? Like that's kind of how I felt lately. Like where like the show has taken up every minute, minute of my time. And like, I just looked up and like three seasons have been made. Like, and what is like, I feel like I got, I was, it's been a black hole to an extent. You know what I mean? Um, you don't feel like you've advanced as a person? Uh, I have, but I mean, you have to have learned things that you could never have imagined. Like, dude, like to 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 pull off an episode of a TV show is a big deal. To do a season is a big deal. To do three seasons, yeah. I, I and like the show, fortunately, is about me and about my life to the point where like. Literally, I'm in the writer's room, like, it's like a therapy session. Like, I'm just, like, saying, well, here's what I think about. And they're, like, well, like, and then they're teaching me that things I don't even know about myself. Like, so I do in that way for sure. And I grow, I've grown in ways, yes. But, like, I also, I just don't believe that you should spend every single moment of your life just, like, you know, every moment working and working on one thing. And it's, like, like, even getting, when the writer's strike happened, getting a chance to get back into music, I was, like, oh, like, now music isn't, like, this burden where I'm like trying to get noticed for uh, like it's, I'm working so hard to get noticed as a comedian. You know what I mean? Like now it's like more or it's, there's just different experiences. What is your day like now? How are you, how are you working? Are you working alone? Do you go to a studio? Uh, I'm working alone in my studio, but I, I, I'm starting to consider the idea of bringing an engineer in and, because I used to do that. (laughs) And I imagine it would be helpful. Every other artist does it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) <laughs> I just it's it's weird to like rap in front of another person, you know what I mean? And uh who do you feel comfortable rapping in front of? Well, now there's this man Miggy that <laughs> I met who mixed the whole project and I just love Miggy. Um so I would consider like, you know, working with Miggy and he's like, you know, a great mixer, engineer, everything. Um but like even Benny, like if I'm like working with Benny, we make a beat and I want to freestyle over it, I'll make Benny leave the room. And that's my best friend on earth. Like I couldn't feel more comfortable with him. Like, but I'm not like going to be able to like, just, I just feel weird. Like rapping. You're like, look at, listen to how I'm talking right now. Like that's how I communicate. That's how yeah. I talk. Like I would feel so uncomfortable to just bust out into rhyme right now. <clears throat> but that like, what turns on in you? Like, is it a switch? And yeah, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. It helps to smoke weed. Interesting. For that. So almost every time you go to a studio, you so my process is this: if you're interested, oh yeah, beats are coming in all over the place. I don't think I don't think there's a single rapper who has accumulated more beats in in their Dropbox folder than me over the course of the last decade. Like I, I like I find the producers I love the most, and every month I'm like, you got anything new? And I'm just like always getting in new stuff. Take these beats, put them in Pro Tools, smoke weed, get high, lose my inhibitions for a second. Freestyle over these beats, gibberish. None of it makes sense. Sometimes I'll say something that's interesting. Like sometimes I'll say like, uh, that's a joke or like, you know, whatever. And like a kernel is born. But like oftentimes I'm just trying to find my attitude, 
my cadence, like my sound, my swag, record like 20 takes of freestyles to it, high. And I don't, I wish I didn't have to be high, but it does help. And maybe I don't have to be high and I haven't given my chance, let myself the chance to like attack it not high. All I know is that I do feel freer and less like, like me, the guy talking to you now when I am high. And then in the morning I wake up and I listen to all that data and I start chopping the best parts out and then moving it and being like, well, this is a great way to enter a verse. And then, so you decipher through it sober, but you capture it high, capture it high, decipher it. So sober, like 9am. Um, it's like, you know, <laughs> peak. yeah, peak sober, like 15 milligram Adderall time release just hit like two screens up and I get organized that way. And it takes me the problem. But why I think I need to start involving an engineer is like, I'm so bad at pro tools. Like I know how to do like the baseline floor of like what needs to be done to create a demo. But like, even like they're like taking a chunk that I recorded and like moving it, like, like, I know that like an engineer would like be able to do it in a way that's like it automatically shifts to like the right part in time to the beat. But like, mm. I don't know how to do it that way. So like I'm taking it and dragging it and then it's like offbeat. And then I'm like nudging it to like get it on the right part. It, like there's like all types of efficiencies that I'm not doing by not having an engineer. But I feel like, by the way, it's the smart investment and the smartest people know what they don't know. Yeah. Right. And like, you know that you don't know pro tools. So. I don't know pro tools, but I know enough to be able to create, to do, to, to achieve it. I just think I could achieve it maybe faster by involving someone else. But like, I also like, like being in control of like, I get that of the, and like knowing where the things are. And like, I like, I like, I don't want him to be like, wait, did you lose that one take that like, I kind of only knew there was one little part in it that was like, mm. it's like, you just open yourself up to that type of thing. Uh, but I think anyway, so it's I really interesting. And then I, yeah. And then I, you know, I, and then I'll write the rap based on the data that I've collected. Like, you know, I'll try to like make a little outline of like gibber, like I'll take the best gibberish and the best structure and like organize it. And then I'll try to write to that gibberish and structure. I don't know that this is the best way to make music. I'm not, it works for me. Um, I think it, I, I, part of me wishes I could do it much like more laid back and not so like, it's like, I feel like I'm approaching it like an essay where it's like finals week, you know what I mean? And that, and so I, I'm always kind of looking to feel like, is there a better way to do this? Um, but it does work for me and it does guarantee, like I, I, I call it the no stone unturned method. Like the reason I do this gibberish freestyling and pick the best parts is because I just know that way that I've like, explored everything to its fullest ability and like found the best sounds and pockets and things that I could do. And yes, I could probably try writing it without doing that. And maybe it would be successful and what's faster. And maybe I should try it that way. But why? If it's not. Yeah. But why? I agree. But I don't know. I'm torn because I like, I'd like to evolve my process too. I don't want to be just stuck in my ways of like doing, I do it this one way. Yes, it works. But it's I'm tr I'm torn because the way I do it works and it guarantees success. But I also think it is a lot of like just logistical work that other artists like are not dealing with. They're just like in there being free and like I imagine like thinking less. And like the more I can think less making music, I think the more interested I am in that style of music. I do think you can find a balance. And yeah. I've not seen many people make albums, but my friends that I have seen make albums are very, very, very in control of how it works. And, like, they, like, I don't know. They're in a studio working, and they call in an engineer when they need an engineer, you know? That's, yeah. 
Maybe like, that's yeah. You can find a balance where you still I maintain gotta find the a right control. I'm building a new studio in my new house. And Sick. Once that new studio is, and by the way, the studio, yeah, it's like I'm so excited. And once that's built, I will feel like, oh, this is a new studio. Let's try something new. Whereas now I'm just like in this place that I've been for the last five years, like that's been working, and I've made all these great songs there. I'm just like, let's, it's, let's not disrupt the flow. But I think I'm being forced to enter a new, like here's an example of new something. New breeds new. Like I am working on like a version of Pro Tools that is like eight years old that <laughs> that can't even exist on new MacBooks and like new Apple products that you buy. Dave. So, <laughs> like my computer is out of disk space that I use, and I and like it's slow and like it, it like buffer and it's like I need a new computer. But if I get a new computer, it means I have to use a new version of Pro Tools. Mm -hmm. And you don't know that. And I don't know that. Like, <laughs> I don't know. And it like looks a little different. Like I've seen it and I'm like, yeah, oh no. Like You have to have faith in yourself. You can learn it. I know, but it, I know. But like, I, that's one thing that like really gives me anxiety is like learning new. Well, I agree. The like, right engineer will teach you too. I know. I need to. You're definitely should, a like student. hire an intern. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, somebody, yeah, somebody who an intern who knows it. Yeah, a lot of everyone knows it. Everyone knows how to work the new. You know what I mean? Like, but I just see it and I'm like, wait a minute. Like the colors are different of like the interface. Like I'm not used to it being black. I'm used to it being gray. <laughs> like I, the, I, the the first album I made, this is crazy. Like I made a lot of professional rapper in GarageBand, and. I did it on my, like, built in, like, what your MacBook Pro has, and I didn't even know about the grid. If you know what the grid is, like, every song has a BPM, <laughs> like, 120, and, like, you enter that so that way when you, like, edit the beat, you're, like, being exact and, like, it, like it's hard to, I mean, I think you know what I mean. Yeah, no, yeah. I about. But I didn't even know that. I'm, like, in, <laughs> I'm in music with, like, no, I'm not working with other people, so, like, I would, like, edit the beat to, like, just... The way it, I hear it, like I would like be like, oh, this is where the kick drum is. I'll just like go right there and I'll cut it and then I'll drag over this thing. And so that when we started mixing my first album and it all gets moved to Pro Tools, everything was off, off grid. <laughs> and it took an engineer like a week to like nudge everything because I did so many edits that were. And so I didn't even know about the grid. Why do you think Professional Rapper was successful? Uh... I think the ideas were like new and fresh and, uh, you know, I, I think it was like kind of like an introduction to like my brand of creativity. You know what I mean? It, you know, I, I had something out before that that was more, I put music out to like gain mm -hmm. a fan base, but this was the professional rapper was like the first time I like started working with like Snoop Dogg and like other artists. And it was like very legit, you know what I mean? And I think it was a combination of like my creativity Mixed in with like a totally legitimate production and like legitimate features. Even though a lot of it was made on GarageBand. Yeah, a lot of it was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just the right core ideas, you know? Like, I think there was a lot of great ideas in Professional Rapper. And I always try to speak from my heart at all times. So I think you you feel that. And it's like kind of a unique product. Like, I don't think I have any competitors as far as like, if you're interested in what sure. I have to offer, like you're not going to get it anywhere else. When you start making a song, do you know what story you want to tell or do you just let the story kind of shape as you go? I know what story I'm going to tell. In fact, I'll probably outline the story and I won't like, yeah, I'll probably like be like, if this is a story about, you know, Harrison Ave, which is based on a, tr a lot of true events, I'll be like, okay, 
here is the flow of the details and I'll just have a word document and I'll just like literally go down. It's a better way to do it. What are you thinking? When you were talking about just like freestyle and picking out the best parts, I was thinking like that's, is that what happened with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Cause you first debuted that so line good. in the Sway freestyle, yeah. right? Yes. I did. I did freestyle that like even before, like I had a show and before I was making a show built around Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Like, I don't know why the hell I said Kareem. There are certain things I say when I freestyle that I'm like, why do I keep saying that? Like, for example, I'm sure that was one of them. Uh, I I say like, I don't know why I've never been there, but I, I, for whatever reason, now when I'm freestyling, I find like when I'm chopping up the data the next day, I find that I keep saying Puerto Vallarta. <laughs> I don't even know where that is. I don't even know if that's a real place. I think it is a real place. It's just, it's, so I guarantee you that there will be a song released at some point where I say Puerto Vallarta. And it just comes out of yeah, absolute yeah. nowhere. Yeah. It's a city in Mexico. Yeah. So I got to get down to Puerto Vallarta, <laughs> understand what it is I'm talking about. And then before moving forward. Yeah. And crack, maybe I got to go there to a day trip and just take notes. I mean, I mean, you tend to learn about what you write about. Yeah. I give you a lot of credit. Like, I have a deep appreciation for anybody who wants to be a student of anything, yeah. right? Like, I really do. Like, that's—knowledge is the most valuable thing in yeah. any situation. And, uh, yeah, go fucking do a little research trip to Mexico. Yeah, I probably will. I think it's, you know, a lot of, a lot of gays down there, I think. I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready to meet everybody. I'll take notes along the way, and, yeah, I'm excited about—the music I have moving forward is— super exciting to me how is it i mean i want to hear it because i want to know what's different and how it evolves from what we it's just constant evolution constant it's just better and better and better uh time will tell it's hard to describe it's like describing a food like you know like how do you describe chicken how could you describe it (laughs) you're right so what is your release schedule and what do you think works today in music uh well, don't ask me because it's been like nine years since I've released. So <laughs> yeah. like I don't, and it is a different animal. Like nine years ago, crazy when I put out Professional Rapper, like I was able to put out music videos that are getting like hundreds of millions of views on YouTube. It's like YouTube is different. It's like mm-hmm. things aren't getting the same views on YouTube. TikTok is now a thing that I'm like really uninvolved with and like don't know anything about that I need to like understand. So I I think it is different, but I think, I don't know. I, I haven't, the, the release schedule is unfigured out for moving forward. Like, I think I'm going to take time and think about how I would approach like rolling out like the next project and like what that looks like. But at the end of the day, if you're making creative shit, it's going to be seen. Are you sitting on songs that you believe are right for this next project? Yeah. How many? Well, I, I don't know. I definitely have at least like, I can't tell you that answer. I really don't know because like as time goes on, like I have songs that like I know need to be in the world in some way, but, and and they will be, but I don't know what, like I, I, I reserve the right to see like maybe the best version of that next album is to not have every one of those songs that I know that deserves to be out there, but like the six of those that like really fit the vibe of whatever that next thing is. And like the six new songs I make that mm. are undiscovered today in time that, Tied, like I'm really kind of in an experimental phase right now where I am figuring out what I want that next project to be like. You know, it's easy to just make songs that I like and then like put all the songs that I like on a project, but I think I want to be more thoughtful than that this next go round. I'm excited. 
And then maybe the, yeah, the song. I, I'm figuring it all out in real time. What was the last song you made for this penis? Uh... I don't know that answer. I do know that probably the last, uh, it would have to be whatever I made in between seasons two and three. I did this. I added a, the second verse to Allie's song is the most recently recorded material. Like that second verse didn't exist when we made the show. I, I, I thought, because I know people like were asking for that song mm -hmm. and I was like, well, here's the thing. The only thing that exists is one verse of the song. And I just wanted people to get more than what they thought, what they've already heard sometimes. So I, I thought that's a song that everyone really wanted. Let's give them a second verse. So I wrote that second verse like a few months ago. What is it like to pick up a song like that and finish it? Fun. Easy? That song, yeah. Yeah, to get back into the headspace? Yeah, I was. I, I view it as a, 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 a privilege because... I'm able to like infuse more, like the more contemporary things are, the more they're blessed by present day me, the better they are. Mm. So the more I can add present day me to anything, the more satisfied I'll be because I'll respect it the most because I'm not regressing. I'm only progressing. Yeah. It's representative of where you're Yeah. At. How about going gray? That's a song where it's like, damn, that really hits you. You're like, you don't think your parents can die and one day they may or yeah. they will actually because we all die. Yeah. No, that's a... Uh, that is a yeah. It's a it's a song about aging. It's a, I literally I think two, about a year or two ago, two years ago, I looked at myself in the mirror, and even this morning I looked at myself in the mirror, not knowing that we were going to have this conversation. I just see more grays in this part of my beard than I've ever seen before, and I was like, oh my god, I'm fading away and dying, and uh, and I was like, <laughs> and I was just like, I just want to make a song about aging. Like you know, I think that everyone can relate to that, and yeah. Well, the line you said, who will tell me how to live my life? I think about all the all the time. Like, I'm 33, and I call my mom all the time asking her how to work I the know. washing machine, what to do if my, like, garbage disposal breaks. It stressed me out even putting that in a song. Like, the thought of, like, like I'm, I have such OCD about my parents dying. It, like, it really, like, I it, the thought of it, like, wrecks me. And then the thought of, like, ever, like, having to, like, perform or hear that part of a song after they die one day, mm. even though they can't die. They'll never die. We're not allowed to. Let's be clear on that. They'll live forever because we'll figure out the technology by you the know. time that they would have died and they'll live forever. But it's stressful sometimes thinking about like, oh my God, I don't want to hear this right now. But I think it like there's a connect to what you, I found truly that like that. I, I feel as though, like I said, I feel like the show has definitely surpassed Lil Dicky, the rapper standalone of the show. Um, but for whatever reason, when I'm approached on the street, I'm shocked at how often people are like, Lil Dicky, not Dave. They're like, Lil Dicky, like, I love your music, man. Like, And I think there's something about music that can connect with the human soul in a way that not even a TV show can. Not even, like, you can do it, and there's moments in the show that are really emotionally compelling for sure, but something about music has, like, a different connectivity that can't be offered elsewhere. Sure. And I think something about my music is, like, particularly relatable to a particular group of people that I, I a song like that connectivity is like why I do it. Like I love being able to in, like inspire people and make them feel a certain way and make them feel like they can do anything in life. And that's the main joy I get out of doing it. Music is incredibly intimate. And yeah. People feel understood by music when you choose to share reality, right? Like, yeah, there's an immediacy to it that <clears throat> I don't think, you know, with a show, like you have to like, you get watch six minutes before you even know what's going on. And then like, you know, you have to, it's like a whole journey with the music. It's like the second, the going gray beat plays the first four 
bars, you're like immediately like you imagine like you're in a car driving down the road and looking out the window as time's passing you by. Like there's just something music does in that way. Do you go there mentally when you're making it or no? Yeah, I can't. I'm a human being. I hear, yeah, I like hear a beat and I like that going gray beat. I didn't, I wasn't like on the hunt for, I need a, a some body of music to, to say a song about getting older. And I am sometimes like I did, like I, I was on the hunt for a beat that would be a perfect Chris Brown body switch song. You know what I mean? Like I was on the hunt for that beat, but like with going gray, I heard that beat and I was like, this is an incredibly emotionally like resonant beat that like, for whatever reason, makes me think of like nostalgia and like time passing me by. And I think that, I think I freestyled over it and like probably like came up with the idea of like getting older. And then I was like, oh, a song about getting older is interesting. And then it's gotta be this beat because this is like the body of music takes my brain there. It's a hard. Is thing it even think. interesting what I'm saying? Yeah, yes. yeah. It's really, but also like a hard topic to cover. It's like very hard. But I feel like you know. But it's life. Yeah, and that's life. why people feel understood by it, right? Yeah. By the way, listen to the album. You can listen to it on Amazon Music. We're gonna put a link in the link in the description below. What are you thinking? Do you care about the reaction? To your music, because in honestly, you say I don't care what the Ebros think. Yeah. So who are you looking <clears throat> to, I guess, satisfy, or what kind of reaction are you looking for, and from who? Uh, I care and I don't care. Um, I, as long as I feel as though I've put my best foot forward, and really, the thing I care the most about are like are fans of mine who are naturally inclined to be fans of mine, like fucking with it. Like, and you never want to make music just for fans. Like, but if I'm satisfied, and then my hardcore fans are satisfied. I think that's a good spot to be in, but it varies. Like, and I'm, I'd be lying. Like I said that in a moment in the song and I was happy I said that because I felt like defiant when I said that, but like, it's in part not true. I probably do care what like, <laughs> Ebro you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to care, but like, I, I, like I said, I want like, I have this endless drive for like to be loved, which I think like comes from the root of everything with me. Like, like a lot of comedians probably start as a guy, people that want to make the people closest to them laugh and and why? Because like when they make them laugh, they feel loved. And like, I think that at the core of everything I do is probably like, I, like I, I don't feel insecure. Like on a global level, I carry myself with like an unheard of confidence, but maybe there is this like deeper insecurity within me that like just wants universal love and respect. And I'm sure there is, I know there is. I wonder if you wrote about that. Mm. Would you ever, or is that not a yeah, part of the Yeah. I mean, I feel like I touch, I have like it's I have there. been writing on, but like, yeah. I would touch on anything that feels true. Damn. What What was the decision like to put yourself on the cross on the album cover? Or not the cross, the T in penis. The T, yeah. Not much of a decision. I was like, honestly, I was like, what would I even want to call that? I was like, let's honestly just like piggyback what my character did in the show, which is like he put this out. That's what the art looked like in the show. I love the way that looked visually. I didn't really put, I was just like, this works for it. There really wasn't much thought beyond like, the initial thought I put in when I did it actually in the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it works. Fits there perfectly. I want to know how Lil Dicky's going to evolve. Like, that's what I'm interested in. I want to know what the music you're making now. <laughs> because this is, this, is a, this is the soundtrack to Dave, which is fucking phenomenal, and you really should listen to it, and you should also watch the show. Yeah. You can grab three mm -hmm. seasons on Hulu, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I, hard to do, but even harder to make a show when you're dealing with the biggest celebrities in the world and you have constant guest stars, or... Oh. Does that make it easier? The guest stars make it easier? Yeah, harder or easier? Harder. Yeah. I mean, it's the ultimate dream, but like, 
you know, doing a Met Gala episode where you got to get like 11 <laughs> different people in the room that and all their schedules line up and like, Crazy. then one of them's like, oh, I, I can't do it now. And like, then everything has to, you know what I mean? Like, how'd you pull that off? It's so hard. It's one of the hardest parts of the show is like, and like, it's easier now, season three to like, we're to, it's crazy. Like we're at the place where like literally we reach out to Brad Pitt and he's like, yeah, like, you know, like that's, which is great. But like season one, when it's not even made yet. And I'm like saying to like YG, like, trust me, the show's going to be great. Like I'm not going to name names, but there have been plenty of times, several times where we've written episode scripts. We've been on set waiting for the rapper to come and he never even comes. And we have to like redo the episode plot, like on the spot and like adapt. And like, like that happens still. Um, so <laughs> it's super hard to it's crazy the celebrity like component of it, but it's really cool. And it, like, I think it's a differentiating factor with my show and it, it lets us play like in reality. The thing that I love the most about the celebrity thing is like, you have characters that you're able to bring into the show that don't need setup. Like totally. we, we know who Brad Pitt is. We know who Rachel McAdams is. We know who Drake is. They're not like Greg, like enter Greg, like parentheses, like 30, like white, like <laughs> ambition. You know what I mean? Like it, it, we don't have to like spend time building up their characters because pop culture has been building up these characters for the last decade. That's what I was wondering because you have like the show is based on a core group, but then the recurring, the, the, every episode almost has somebody, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where the, that's the extended cast. Like, yeah. That's the featured guest star or whatever, however you yeah. phrase it's, it. But it's, it's the hardest part, but- if I'm being honest, it's the most validating part. Yeah. Like I, 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 to nothing has been talk about things that have like calmed restlessness momentarily. Like Brad Pitt being on set and like listening to me and like like I'm giving him direction. He respects me the same way he was would respect like Tarantino Crazy. and like him seeing me in a way that's like I'm a real filmmaker. Like Drake, the guy that like I've idolized forever. Like not only acknowledging my existence, but being like, I fuck with you so hard that I want to be a part of this. That's like the dream. LeBron James, who hasn't been in the show, but like bringing me on the shop and being like, I love your show. Here's why. And like, I'm looking at LeBron, like in reality. And he's like, so HD in front <laughs> of me. And he's really like telling me about what he loves about what I've done is so satisfying. Like to like have the respect from your idols is does that the make, best feeling. Does that make creating easier or harder? Easier because you feel like it's not all for naught. I know you shouldn't make things for the approval. And it's 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 a contradiction of like I'm trying to get to a place where I don't need LeBron James's validation to feel successful. But I'd be lying if I said like when I first put out music or Dave or anything where I'm like, is LeBron ever going to see this? Like, does LeBron like me? <laughs> like, it's the real feeling that I had. Like, and I think when LeBron truly, f like, followed me on Instagram, which is, we did a whole episode, like, centered around LeBron following me on Instagram this season, and when he followed me in real life and, like, DM me, like, was like, love Dave, like, I felt like I made it. Now, I had made it prior to that moment. Like, I'm living my dream. I'm making a show about the story of my life, but you think to yourself, like, is it, you know, like, is this being respected the way I want it to be respected? Is it? Did you really, like, wonder when you were making this, like, will LeBron ever see it? Will yes. He, really? Yeah. In a way, isn't that, like, a little manifestation? I guess. I don't know what it is. I think it's a little pathetic. 
if I'm being honest with you. I'm not like proud that my head goes there. And I don't think it's a, a sustainable way to live life. Like I don't want to be like pouring my heart and soul into my next, into like the first movie that I like write and direct and star in and think like this is for LeBron's approval. It's not the way to live life. You know, and I don't, and, and luckily I don't, I don't tailor things to like, I'm not thinking like, mm, like LeBron might think this part is not good. Like I'm not thinking that way. I do make things that are true to my heart, but you want the things that you put out there to be like loved and respected by like culture and like the people that you love and respect because all I've done is grown up seeing guys like Drake put out music that inspire me and I know how much like it means to be inspired by like people that are people that I look up to. And so to hear that they're inspired by me and like that, that's like the ultimate feeling of success, you know, it's is it pathetic? crazy? No, it's beautiful. Actually. I think I it's really know. special. I think a lot of people think that way. Yeah. I was afraid to admit it. Yeah. But also validation from your heroes, validation from the people that you respect the most. Yeah. Like real recognizing real is something yeah. I believe. And like to get that from somebody that you've learned from and or have been shaped as a human by, like, fuck, that's that's everything. But in some cases, like, could either propel you forward or make you second guess every step you take. I think you're right. And the key to it is to not get just not live your life waiting for the approval of anybody to, to find happiness. Like it can make you happier in the moment, but I don't, like I said, I'm not trying to put out whatever I do next, whenever I do it and just sit there waiting for Drake to text me and be like, <laughs> I liked it. You know, like it's just not the right way to live. But if he sends a message, it'd be cool. It'd be great, but we're not going to live and die on that hill. No, <laughs> You know, we're going to put our best foot forward and we're going to, we're going to enjoy the way the breeze hits the trees as okay. I walk around, That's... we're going to like look at the way the light comes through the windowsill and the dust is floating and we're going to like experience happiness in that moment. Right? That's, right. Yeah, it's giving little things. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Wow. You guys don't have to pee at all? Like it's just no, me? Well, listen to Penis. It's waiting for you on everywhere you stream music, but you can grab it on Amazon Music. Final thoughts. Two questions real quick. One, are you even thinking about a season four? Or are you thinking about the next album or whatever you're making? Truly right now, it's like I, the, I'm so in this headspace of like, I'm a rapper. I'm making music every day. Like I've been having like one foot in, one foot out as a rapper due to the show for a while. And I'm just like really lucky that I have this moment right now where like all I'm able to focus on music. So like, I'm sure this, you know, the story of my life goes on and it will like, but I'm just like, I need to like take the time to focus on things because I think this is the right word, bifurcating my brain. I don't know if that's the right word. That's a good word. Never Splitting heard my brain huh. won't yield the best results. Like there, I'm in a different headspace when I'm on set being the executive producer, lead writer of a TV show that I am like in the studio, like, like trying to figure out the best legacy I can have as a rapper. And like my, you know, the, the, my girlfriend who like I met when the show came out, like hasn't even seen me do a live show. Oh, like wow. I haven't even performed live with Gata who like we've been, we've gone on tour for five years before the show. I haven't gotten to see like, and like Gata always walks on stage first as my hype man. <laughs> and he would get like a little round of applause because like it means the show's starting, but I've never even gotten the chance to see Gata walk on stage and everyone knows Gata. Uh, and oh, like yeah. he like, it's oh, left, you know what I mean? Like yeah. my girlfriend looks at me and thinks like it's hard not for her to think that I'm a, an actor playing a yeah. rapper in a show. Totally. Yes, she knows I make music, but oh, it's like she's yeah. never seen me on stage at a festival. Like it's real. 
Like, I really do have a music career, and I really am a rapper, and I really am scratching the surface on my potential. Fuck yeah. So, like, that's the type of thing where, like, I just want to act on it and not, like, look back at regret and be like, I just never gave it my all. So, like, right now, I'm just so focused on music. But I really feel like, even though I've been at it for 10 years, like, which is crazy to think about, like, I've been putting out stuff for 11 plus years, um... I feel like I'm at the beginning of my career. So much. It's really so yeah, much sparkling water. Sparkling water. Yeah, of course. Uh, but <laughs> sorry about that. But I just think like everything that I've done has been like a setup for what's to come. And I see myself true, as though. like primarily like a filmmaker, auteur. Like even when I like I first when I came into this, I was like, I'm a comedian. I'm Larry David. I'm Seth. R-. I never even thought of myself as like a director. Or like a filmmaker. And now like I look at a guy like Ben Stiller, who's like was the ultimate comedy lead for a while. And now he like makes like Escape from Danamora. Like that and it's amazing. Like I wanna do that type of shit, you know? And I and there's so much I wanna do. And there's so and I'm still I just feel like I have like endless potential and I just wanna do all these things while also living life and not being bogged down by like one particular thing at one time. By the way, you, you do have endless potential. And I got to say, like, I feel like you came on our show for the first time. It has to be close to 10 years ago, like eight years ago, nine years ago. And I don't know how far you were along with that TV show at the time or what stage it was, but you manifested the living shit out of that for sure on our show. Yeah. Manifested the living shit out of that. Yeah. And then like many years later, it comes to fruition. 2015. Yes. It'll be 10 years next year. Yeah, you're right. And I plan on, I think, yeah, manif- I do believe in manifestation. Um, you have an a- age today. I feel like I look the exact same. You, you do. do. Like when I shaved for the ha 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 video <laughs> and I looked at myself in the mirror clean shaven, I was like, oh my God, I could play 23. <laughs> like, I could be a 23 year old in a movie, no problem. And I was like so pleased by it. The only thing that's different is there's a little bit of gray, a little bit of gray. And we can, we can spray that out and we can just shave it. He really is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the do, one other follow-up I had to that, sorry, I keep talking, but no, do you ever you think about in 40 years when you're a filmmaker that people know you by Dave Bird and not Lil Dicky anymore? I do. I, and I have no problem. I mean, I used to be like cringe when people would be like, yo, Dicky, like love you, LD. Like, but now I like, like it because it's like, oh, like they still love my music, you know, mm-hmm. like. So, but I do think ultimately, yes, like when we look back in time and it's 40 years from now and I've done everything, I think you will look at me having a career that started in music, but it's primarily a movie-based career and a film-based career um, where Dave Bird, the name carries uh, weight the way like, you know, when I look right now, I look at people like uh, Jordan Peele and like Mm. Greta Gerwig and I'm like, I like those, these are auteurs that like, Get, have the right to tell the stories that they want to tell at a given point in time and they have the right taste to make the best thing possible. I want to be one of those. Mm-hmm. So are you working on those But I also stories? need to remind myself not like that, that I do love making people laugh and I love being funny. And as much as I want to make Escape from Danamora, this hyper-serious, like, incredibly shot thing about people escaping from jail, like... There are only so many people that can make the next great comedy. Like, and I feel like comedy in general, as in, especially in movies, 
is like dying or something. Like I can't like back when I was a kid and being formed, Judd Apatow was coming out with like fucking smashes every year. And like that was what I always wanted to do, what I always imagined doing. And then like I just got into it and then, you know, I've evolved to like season one when I was making my show, I wasn't like thinking about like, well, how do I feel about like the way the set matches the wardrobe and the way the frame and like, I wasn't thinking like with that aesthetic in mind. I was thinking like, how do I make something real truthful and funny as fuck? And now I really care about all those little things to the point where like you look at season three and you look at like the episode where we're trapped in a hurricane and like we're in like the South that just looks like an A24 movie. And like, there's like a different (laughs) aesthetic that I aspire to. Dude, geniuses and nuance. And, but I, like I said, like I, I need to also remember that like one of my biggest strengths in life is making people laugh and I need to not, not abandon that along my way to like, like artistic greatness. They, they can both happen in tandem. And also music is very much a part of the journey. It is a part of the journey and, and music can take multiple forms. I, I, maybe I say like, oh, maybe I won't be making music in 10 years, but maybe I will. Maybe I'll still be making rap music about like what it's like to have kids. Maybe I'll be making a Broadway show. You know, like, I don't know. I have a lot of musical love and talent that I want to explore. I just, I, I don't really, I, I don't really know what exactly the future holds. I just know that there are a lot of different mediums I want to get involved in and grow in and learn in. You're but, like The Rock and Dwayne Johnson. Wow. You know? Oh. Yep, that's it. He went from The Rock to Dwayne Johnson. He revisits The Rock. He goes, I love, nothing makes me happier than seeing The Rock. Right. Who can in any blockbuster movie he wants but he still takes the time to get back in the ring and like Mm -hmm. because he knows that's where he came from and he know and I love The Rock growing up like The Rock my favorite I used to be a huge wrestling fan watched like The Rock was definitely my favorite wrestler of Mm -hmm. all time I don't watch wrestling anymore but when I see like on Instagram The Rock getting back in the ring I'm like fuck yeah The Rock yeah (laughs) Yeah. gives you chills exactly (laughs) modern day rock right there cool for now we (laughs) listen to Penis And uh, we watched Dave. Link in the description for both those things. Go pee. I really appreciate you coming and hanging oh, out. Oh, thanks for having me. I will go pee. And I don't know who's responsible for it. In my green room, there is soap with Lil Dicky on it. And I just want you to say I appreciate those kind of details. Oh, they're going to love you. Do you know that. about that soap? Yeah, of course. Genius yeah. is in the details. Yeah, we, exactly. We, That's the type of thing that I, I'm into is like that type of detail. We, we, we live in it. Yeah. I really appreciate you giving us time forever. Really. Oh, yeah. Fucking you know, I've always concept. loved you. I appreciate you having me on. And always. I'll be here the next time I'm doing something. Thank you, Dave. Yeah. Little Dicky. Dave, everybody. Woo! Thank you, guys. Thank Appreciate you. it. It's the Zach Sang Show.